Hello everybody, welcome to the Pro Wrestling Roll-Up, a TMOF Wrestling podcast, brought to you by TMOF Wrestling. Surprise. This is the Sus. Oh, jeez. And who are we? It's me, Ash. And I am Russ. Thank you everybody for joining the show today. Uh, if you are a new listener, welcome. And if you are a returning listener, thank you very much for your support. I think, first of all, we, we're going to go through bits of the news. There has been a few big bits this week um, and last week. So it's been a, what, a two-week quiet? Yeah. Um, Ish. It's about normal for us now. Yeah. I don't mind doing two every two weeks, but if you want us to do every week, every day. <laughs> every day. Let us know who the oh, comments. Well, yeah, we're going to go through some bits of that. But uh, main topic for today is we're going to run down uh, some of, I guess, like, as most as we possibly can, of, I don't know how you, you probably want to word this, would you say the funniest wrestling rivalries? Or the worst wrestling? I guess it depends on your take of it, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, I mean, I got, can go in between, really. Sometimes they're going to be bad, sometimes they're going to be good, sometimes it's just going to be the worst. I mean, some are cringe, Yeah, I've got. Some are funny. Some are absurd. <laughs> Some are just absolutely distasteful, if I'm honest. But uh, yeah, there's a, there is a lot of that. There is a lot of that, and depending on what area we're looking at as well, and we're going to be covering as much as we can for lots of different companies. But um, I think we're going to enjoy this one. We've got quite a few coming up for this one. But before we do, Ash, mm-hmm. big news last week was the Tony Khan announcement on AEW. What the game? Want to kick off with that? Oh, the game. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that well, yeah, there is that as well. Do you want to go with that first? Yeah, um, they announced the name for the console game, which comes out next year. It's um, Fight Forever, and hopefully, it's it's going to be a good game. Hopefully, it's going to be as better than the title. <laughs> the well, you're not a fan of the title? Not really. It's a bit smarky. But then again, that is wrestling. You think smarky? Uh, hmm. Fight Forever. Oh, I, I, yeah, I see it, but it's just... my head, I've, I've still got GCW. And I've got Terry Funk. Fight forever and ever and ever. That's Blink-182, isn't it? On the, it, was, it was the High Spots um, promotional material. Which, you know, I mean, it's fine. It's Terry Funk, so, you know, and everyone loves Terry Funk, but yeah. this was a 24-hour show. <laughs> so you hear that like every 10 minutes. Um, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, we're not going to sponsor that one, are we? <laughs> are we? <laughs> okay, well, I th- that was a one and done, I think, wasn't it? I imagine logistically they'd want that to be a one and done, because that must have been a nightmare. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. I mean, it's possible to do another 24-hour show, but... Yeah, now, it's, it's now that, whether you'd want to, yeah. I think, more than anything. I was going to say now pandemic's over, and but, but it's not. <sighs> what a funny time that all was. Yeah. What a funny time. So AEW game was announced initially in the pandemic, and it was that, uh, I, th- I think the first announcement for it was done, I think the AEW games channel had launched on YouTube. It had, yeah. And this aired on that channel, and it was Kenny Omega, uh, Cody Rhodes, I want to say Britt Baker was there. I oh, know Aubrey was there. I want to say Britt was there, but I don't know if she was. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, would you been champion at the time, so they might have brought in a champion? I don't know. But they, all I remember was the uh, dressing up as Steve Jobs. That was funny. <laughs> Doing the reveal. Um, the game itself, I mean, from what we've seen of it so far, it does look as though 
it's undergone quite a lot of change. Like, you remember that initial trailer, teaser trailer that yeah. dropped? And it was very cartoony. I don't know if you want to say maybe almost All-Stars-esque. All-Stars was a little bit of impact, the impact game. Uh, yeah, I can see that, yeah. I don't think, as a whole, I don't think people were too... I mean, I, I like what I saw. It's okay, but it's again, longevity, those sort of cartoonish ones more, more so don't do quite as well for longevity, I don't think. And uh, watch our tier list and see what we think of cartoony WWE games. Well, there you go. You can head over to CMOF Wrestling on YouTube. Uh, t- <laughs> doing tier lists of every WWE video game ever made. Yeah. Three episodes out currently as of recording, which is on uh, 26th of April. Right. It's, it's crazy how long, <laughs> how quick this month's going and this year's going. Oh, day. Roll on payday, that's what I say. Yeah, next week for me. <laughs> oh, this week for me. You peasant. So, I- <laughs> That is true. <laughs> it's not true. Don't I'm say in his that. mansion. What do you expect? It is in my mansion. <laughs> the. So, I think it was months after, wasn't it? But they released like a bit of footage of, I think. Jungle uh, Boy and Darby. Yeah. yeah. Which I guess, you know, is, is obviously nowhere near the, the final product because I don't think there was any crowd movement or anything like that. So they obviously haven't done anything. Any, no, I don't, I don't remember anything like that. But the camera angle is reminiscent of the WWE games of old. Where's well, THQ? That's probably why. Uh, it's THQ. It's Ukes. Well, it's Ukes. I think I think THQ evolved, aren't mm, they? I don't know. Actually, I, mean, I thought. I mean, maybe I'm... I've got that it was so Ukes are involved, and the director of the game is the same director from No Mercy. That's, yeah, that is. Now on paper in that kind of same high regard is uh, here comes the pain mm. and i think that's the kind of that's the vibe i'm getting from some of them from that footage and from some of the screenshots it's that same camera angle where the entrance is facing you um more of an arcadia play style it's got a if it plays well and it's fun i'm, I'm expecting it to i'm all in for it if you and i'm not bothered about the now i don't really care are you think you know here comes the pain was that even really a good Actually, to be fair, yeah, it was. <laughs> it comes to bay was quite good, but shut your mouth. Mm. And it's a rock catchphrase, but shut your mouth as a, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but it was a catchphrase. I'm looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it, but it's, it looks like it's scheduled for release currently September 2022. So a few months away yet. I thought it was next year. I thought it was this year. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm wrong or you're wrong. Could be um, both wrong. I, I, know was, anyway. I know it's different, but I wasn't a big fan of the GM mode game they did. Um, no. But that could be... Um, I know it's going to be different. Yes, it is. And it's a mobile game, so again, mm. you have to take it with a slightly different pinch of salt. But um, the big news I was referring to was Tony Khan's announcement on AW Dynamite last week for the joint pay-per-view that's going to be coming up in June. Yeah. AEW and New Japan will be joint hosting a pay-per-view. It's going to be called Forbidden Door, because of course it is. <laughs> well, if it was... Well, about that name then. You... Well, <laughs> You're is it, is, it, is, it, yeah? is it Forbidden Door? Because it feels like New Japan and AEW have been working together a lot. I just not said that officially. You know how like Moxley and Kingston work in New Japan and they've had like Kenta come in and they've had... Jay White come in. I think, though, that, I mean, that was more to do with Moxley being the uh, IWGP yeah, but he United was, States champion, wasn't it? Because but he got, he he wasn't 
in New Japan before AEW, right? AEW was his first um, company after he left WWE. That's a good question. And Jericho was working for AEW and working when he was champion. When he was at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. So that's a good question. I, I think... I think you're right. I think it was AEW. I think it was a debut at Double or Nothing first, and then the appearance in New Japan shallow, uh, followed shortly after. It might have been like a week or two after. It wasn't very long, either side of it. But yeah, I think that was the order of things. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. There's there's clearly been some sort of uh, agreements and arrangements in place, but uh, nothing to sort of this scale. This isn't the first time we've seen something like this either, is it? So we've had Ring of Honor and uh, New Japan host joint show together. Yeah, I don't remember that going too well. I think, well, from what I remember, everyone loved the New Japan stuff but didn't like the Ring of Honor stuff because it probably wasn't as good at the time. Which is a massive shame, more than anything, just because Ring of Honor, you know, that would have been a really good boost for Ring of Honor. As, you know, I think Ring of Honor needed the boost and New Japan, again, it's that exposure into the Western market and for a Western audience, so... I guess this is probably going to work out a lot better just because AEW is a already a bigger powerhouse than Ring of Honor was at that time. Um, and now Ring of Honor effectively is AEW. So I think we're going to get some interesting matchups. I think it's going to... It's certainly a show that could deliver. Main sort of story I, th- I guess we're going to see build is going to be between Bullet Club and the Elite slash Undisputed Elite then. Possibly. And probably with what side is Mega going to be on. Yeah. So, first question for you was: Is do you think Kenny Omega's returning at this show? I think he will return double enough then, because they got to give him time. Yeah. As if he, if he were, if he if his return isn't until Forbidden Door, I wouldn't mind him not turning up until Forbidden Door. But, but if, they, if they do a vignette saying he will be there, so you want that? Do you want that advertised, or would you want that to be a surprise? Well, there's so many surprises in AEW, so they'll probably tell us there's a surprise. But I think isn't that the thing though? So it's not always necessarily that it is a surprise this was this this was genuinely it was a surprise but he'd already told us he had a big announcement well the fact that they've done and, a- and i guess from an ad, you know an advertising uh, an advertising standpoint he's doing it because oh while well, tuning because he's got a big announcement let's see what it was so i, I get well, it. well the fact they and the fact they announced like a week ago that they're going to be on new japan's streaming service yeah so it didn't come out of like left field. I mean, if it had no. come out and said, "Yeah, we're doing a joint pay per view with WWE," I mean, that's going to be the that's 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 a real forbidden door, isn't it? But I just, what, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm looking forward to it. I just I'm not against seeing matches that already happen in New Japan again because it happens all the time when someone leaves one company goes to another. Mm. Then we get to see the same matches like we did before or like whatever. I'm just interested in what new stuff we're going to get because it just feels like everyone's interested in like Omega to get against um, Okada again Gorilla Destiny versus uh, Young Bucks well this is uh, while we were on the topic that was kind of what I wanted to delve into and this would be you know for the listeners out there wherever you you might hear this um, you know whether there's commenting or, or whatever you know, really would like to hear your thoughts on it as well because I think at the moment this is this is one of the things that you can really love and appreciate with pro wrestling is that again it's not armchair booking but it's it's about lo- you love pro wrestling enough that you can have those dream matches like you're invested enough that you really want to see two people or you know whatever the match may be mm-hmm. have a match and work together and that you know as a fan I think that's that's 
like I think this it's one of the really really cool things, and that's why you know when people like and rest into comic books, it's like that whole oh man, yeah. You know, imagine like Wolverine versus Hulk. Yeah, you know, obviously it's happened a lot in comics, but yeah, for something like this, it's almost like oh well, imagine you know Thor versus Superman and Batman versus Iron Man and you know, from the different comics. You always have those kind of like fan fiction things. And I like that sort of stuff with this because you can go into dream matches. So I wanted to kind of go through what your dream matches would be. So again, this isn't what we're expecting to see on the show. No. Um, but if, I mean, if you, if it's going to be books, what's like, what would you, what, what do you want to see? Like, what would be amazing for you? What's the dream matches in Ash's dreamland? They better not be wet dreams. Well, I don't know because... Um I can't really think of what I want to see because, I mean... You've got no dream matches. Well, I mean, Osprey against Pac or... Um, that's That has happened, though. So, well, right, Omega and Okada, mm-hmm. wrestling again, would be a dream. It'd be good. But you want to see something new. I want to see something new. And right. I, I agree. I agree. And it's like, it feels like everyone's forgetting about what ha- what Hangman can do and like what MJF could do people are concentrating more on like people want to see punk versus um kenta just because of gts but that's cool though yeah but you but it could also be a really good match it could be a good match but i want to i want to watch a match for more reason than a finish yeah but but this is what i mean like for me that's what i mean i there are dream matches because i just want to see guys go up against each other because from a booking aspect there's only so much you can do. I, I guess, like, it depends on... As we get closer, they'll probably build more feuds, I'd imagine. Probably. I'm, I'm, sure, it, they will. I'm sure they have to. I'd imagine they would, um, as we get closer, so that there are certain stakes going into it. But, like I said, I mean, for the large part, this is going to be... Really, they're just going to put up dream matches, and they'll find a reason for people to feud. But I'm not against CM Punk versus Kenta. That's still, I think, a, a high-profile match. And I still think that would be pretty awesome. I'm going to uh, retaliate with your dream match. Go on. To your dream match, I should say. With a dream match that I have already touted very many times. And that is Jeff Cobb versus Hook. And it's because I can't get Jeff Cobb versus Taz. But we don't have a time machine. And if we did... Just because Hook's in there. Just because Hook's in there. <laughs> but no, man. Come on. Hook versus Jeff Cobb. It'd be funny. Be interesting. Yeah. You know, well, there, there's things like um, I've seen Naito against MJF. Naito MJF. Yeah. I know it's not like it might not be like a technical classic, but hmm. what makes you pair them? Just that that I haven't seen it, and it could be an interesting match. I, I mean, it probably won't because it'll factor into the Bullet Club stuff. But, like, dream match-wise, I'd probably do MJF and El Fantasma. I think they could do. Um, that too, like, see how they kind of stack up together. I think MJF is, is a good fit of somebody, like, if you're going to do heel versus heel, he would be a good fit to go up against somebody like a Bullet Club. Yeah. I think. It's just, it's just, one, it's just knowing who... Because we're obviously going to get him in Wardlow at double for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. But maybe great... But they, um, Great Khan. Great Khan. Well, there's there, there's just so much, isn't there? I'd I'd say champions wise, if we're going to expect the, just the champs to be there, do you think it'd be champion v champions? 
Well, no, I know. Obviously, they can't do it for all of them because I, I, I do for the main event because I mean that's the one that's going to make the most sense, right? Have Okada, providing he's still champion by then, taking on Hangman, providing Hangman's still champion by then. The only thing is, though, is if Punk does beat Hangman, which he will, at Double or Nothing, and we do Champion versus Champion, then we pro- we're probably going to get Punk versus Okada, which is also very believable. Yeah, I don't mind. I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it. Maybe give. I guess Hangman, it, is, it is a dream match. I guess. Maybe give Hangman Sonata. Uh maybe. Or does Hangman then factor into the Bullet Club stuff? <laughs> well, I mean, he was never a member of of Bullet Club, but he he was. But he wasn't a proper proper member. I don't think it's kind of like the elite situation yeah. in AEW, isn't it? Okay. Um, because one one of the internet ones is um Blackpool Combat Club. Is that the right word? Yeah. Against um, you can call it BCC now. BCC, right? So the BCC. Wheeler Utah's gifted you with that. Oh, sorry, the Great Utah has gifted you with that when he wrote it on his chest in blood, which yeah. is still a such a cool visual. Try not to swear. Yeah. Uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> so we're a family-friendly show. Bollocks. Ah oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Against um, Zack Sabre Junior and his group. Because that could be a. Mm-hmm. That could be yeah. a brutal bloodbath. <laughs> Although, but this is what I mean. I mean, you, you're going to have the Brits involved, aren't you? So, do you do BCC Blackpool Combat Club versus the uh, United Empire? Um, I mean, you could get some because what I mean from a storytelling aspect, you could get some continuity there. Where if you if you have, uh, you know, with Jeff Cobb and uh, Moxley, it's just annoying. Me that there's no women involved because New Japan really doesn't have. I think I know they, they will. They've got their own stardom, so there's a there's a chance. I think I hundred percent. I think that but, I I don't think we're going to get a pay per view um, with no women's matches. And you know, oh, it's not going to happen. That's not and that's not a very good look for AEW, if I'm honest. Considering all the backlash and criticism they get already for the women's division and someone who's. I'm sure they've just gone back to stardom is um, Kari Sane. So, but you can't, well. But you, then do you, I suppose then, what do you do with the women's side of things? Because you've got two women champions in AEW and. Um, yeah, and you Stardom have. Stardom have one. I don't know how many titles they have, though. That's a good question. I'm not sure. They might have a tag titles as well. It's just the fact that there's also the, what is it, never open six man the six man, you've got those rumours though of AEW bringing in a six man title, so they might about, do that maybe before the show. Been talking about that for about two years now. It's, it's not been that long. It's been talked about a lot. You never know; it might happen though before this. Ring of Honor used to have a six man tag. They did, yeah. That was that was axed. I don't know how I feel about it personally, but but you can't. It, the amount of six man tags AEW do, I suppose they might as well do it. Hmm. But then do you just have? Well, actually though, then do you just have because you've got Evil's faction. Do you just have them if they went up against? Why, why can't they just call it faction war? Because both faction war. Because both companies love a faction. <laughs> well, yeah, but hear this then, right? So AEW creates a six man, or, or maybe they don't, and it's not even champion versus champion. But if they did, six man title, the House of Black win it. So if you did champion versus champion, there's a very good um, meshing of styles, I guess, and like that kind of that aesthetic, that aura, House of Black and Evil's faction. Actually, House Torture, that'd work. Do you know what this is? This this show that we're booking. What? It's called Survivor Series. 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, look, whatever, any which way you look at it, you could talk about dream matches all day for this, but you know, it depends who from New Japan is going to come over. Well, that's anything. it. You can't, you can't predict it. Everyone, everyone expecting like the big names, like Osprey, and you're getting, you're going to get Omega. Or no. You're going to have to have, you got, you got to have some big names over for it, though. Yeah, don't make this invasion. <laughs> Which, to be fair, they did have DDP and Booker T, but that was about it. Do you know what I would like to see? I don't think it'll happen, but I I think it'd be really cool to see Omega do something with Ibushi. Yeah, who's to say it has to be all AEW versus New Japan? What if they team together, yeah, and reform the... Um, Golden Lovers. Golden Lovers, yeah. I was going to call them Golden Sunset then. I don't know what that was. <laughs> It's a very nice view. That's what that is, Ash. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really cool, isn't it? You can't really knock it for what it is at the moment. No. Um, it's just really good news all around, and it's going to be really exciting to watch it. At least the build for it. I just hope that they do a good build for this, because AEW in the past... Um, yeah, they've got a good history of building. For- well, with the impact stuff, like we said yeah. before, that, you know, we have said a lot of times, they it was almost like non-existent on the AEW products, whereas impact, it was the kind of main thing going on well the one the one thing that happened on I think it was Rampage last week was they had Don Castle against yeah. John Gresham and barely announced it at all and you think this is these and and also yeah and Jonathan Gresham is the Ring of Honor world champion so um, I don't know I love Jonathan Gresham I hope he's there well he got injured but it was a concussion so he should be fine until yes so what happened with that then I don't honestly. Did he, he had? Was it the Don Castle match he had? It was it the week before that he had a concussion. I didn't know if it was from that or if it was from um, wrestling elsewhere. Well, he was meant to be because he's uh, still the Progress Champion. He is. Yeah. But he, they wanted to have a show this week coming up or whatever, like an upcoming show. But because he was injured, he couldn't make it. Impact Rebellion. So that was last week. I'm sure, it was last week. When was last week? So, yeah, unable to compete in his scheduled matchup. This was from Impact Wrestling's uh, official Twitter. Uh, unable to compete in this scheduled matchup with Eddie Edwards tonight at Rebellion. Uh, Dash and Chris Bay takes his place. So, yeah, it was. I think it looks like he. Um, I'm not seeing concussion. Oh, yeah, okay. He was checked for a concussion after the Battle of the Belts match. So, it was Battle of the Belts too. Yeah, so that, that, was against, kind of that was against um, Dalton Castle. Dalton. I don't know if it happened after the match or the beatdown he got afterwards by. Um, the report from Cage Side Seats is is looking towards that beatdown. So they're saying that um, it was obviously when Satnam Singh debuted, which is we we'll can talk about that in a minute if you want. Oh, yeah, um, Satnam Singh debuts, and um, they've got it here that he took a nasty bump in his shoulder and head from a gut wrench suplex during the course of the bout. Um, so that would have been from Don, but then Satnam Singh uh, comes out and bounces Gresham off the canvas multiple times. So if he's already, I guess it depends where in the match he's caught the. Um, the concussion, but it's not. It's never always clear, though, is it? Even to like the guy that suffers it. No, because like we said, with Undertaker at Mania Thirty, he I was had just a, about to bring he that. Had a concussion. In you, he has no idea when. He has no idea. No idea. And sometimes you think, oh, it's that bump, or it's that bump, but you never know. I've watched it back a few times. I, I, I there's times I've, I think it. I know what happens. It's difficult to say. But the fact he had, I think it was like really early. So. <laughs> Yeah, it did seem really early. Also, I don't know if it, I don't know if you saw this, but when he said about having a concussion, when they get, when they scanned him, he had a broken neck as well. 
but he'd been there for ages. Who was this? Taker. Really? Apparently he had a he had a broken neck as well. Oh my god! Not from that match, but like an old injury. That it ain't yeah. ballet, as they say. No, that's what Taz says. No, I listen to Taz because he knows what's up. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, hopefully, he's he's on the mend with that then, because concussions are like we've said before. I mean, at least they're treated a lot more serious nowadays. But yeah, um, yeah, we've got a treasure, Jonathan Gresham. He's progress champ. He's our boy. He's our champ. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, well. There is the British champion, isn't there? I mean, um, there's Rev Pro as Rev well. Pro, yeah. That's Will Osprey. It's an Osprey. I think it was pretty I, sure. Because that was defended in New Japan as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, he comes out with it as you should when you're a champion of a different company. Looking at you, Moxley, when you're a champion of <laughs> New Japan, never brought your title out until you had to defend it. Moving over to Satnam Singh, then, if you want. Oh dear God. Okay, we've not talked at all about this. No, because so. I don't know if it happened the last time we talked. It might, it might happen, and we didn't talk about it. No, I don't think it did because the debut obviously happens at Battle of the Belts too. And no, it happened. It happened on the. He came out at the end of Dynamite. Oh yeah, of course he did. He came out for um, uh, Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe yeah. after the so Joe and Suzuki match. Um, we have not talked about it though. No, so yeah, what what's, what's your thoughts on it? Just another tool. Like, I don't have a problem. With, I don't have a problem with him like that because you don't have a problem with big men. No, I like Omos, but not. <laughs> I like big men. <laughs> Ash loves a big man. You like Omos, but what? Not like that. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, like, <laughs> I, like, I like Omos, but it's not. He's not there yet. He's he's tall. That's all he's got at the minute. Um. <laughs> The one thing that bothered the shit out of me about this debut, lights out. Yeah, AEW I, love it to death. They do love a lights out. It makes sense if it makes sense, though. Yes, it? but like, the, re, the, the <laughs> only way you do lights out now is if it's a a big name, not a big man. The last bit, <laughs> the last big name I remember they did it for, and obviously it makes complete sense. Was Malachi Black, buddy? He had a lights out. Big. Big name though, I don't and I don't mean that in a horrible way. I, I love I literally I love Buddy Matthews and I think he's a great fit. But if you're gonna if you're gonna look at it from a you know a former WWE perspective, then if it was Cesaro, Buddy Matthews wasn't on the same level in terms of what Alistair Black was. No, even from just NXT alone, like they just didn't have, which is weird because Buddy probably had more. Um, I guess technically more success, if you want to put it that way, on the main roster than Alistair Black did. Uh, Black never won a title away from NXT. Whereas it? Buddy... Buddy become... won the Cruiserweight title and the Raw Tag Titles. Yeah. So it's strange, really, but yeah. But um, if it was Cesaro with these lights out, or it was like... I don't know if the lights... Do the lights out work, though, if you're, if you're not a supernatural character? Because um... what, what's the idea of a lights out reveal? Because it's not a it's not a fucking birthday party. No, but you expect it to be. I always take the piss out of this one when Cody did it, like within the first week or so of um, AEW. Yeah, I think the I think the um, Dark Order beating down um, the Elite, and then Cody just comes out of nowhere. I just, I just, I've always imagined the the lights out reveal being from the more kind of supernatural, spooky type of character. It works for Sabu. 
Sabu, yeah, but Sabu had like a mystique though. Yeah, I love I love it. <coughs> um, watching ECW, the old ECW with Ta, um, in Taz and Sabu's rivalry, mm. and um, the lights would go out, and Joe Styles would always say, "Oh, have the lights gone off?" <laughs> Not, oh, it's Sabu, it's Sabu, or I. Do you know what though? But there's a certain um, there's a certain charm to that with ECW, isn't there? Because mm. that's what they were. You know, you look back at we've we've not long gone past the, uh, God, how many years would it have been? It was ninety seven. It was anniversary of barely legal pay per view. Yeah, it would have been twenty five ish years. Yeah, twenty five years. Twenty five years. Anniversary of barely legal, and that show almost didn't get to finish properly. No. Nah. because they just kept going. So, you Fight know, that forever. Was, <laughs> literally, that was Terry Funk as well. He's in. He's a terror. Um, but yeah, that was it's part of the charm, isn't it, with ECW? Yeah. So I, I guess you, they I think, could get away with it. But they still used it, I think. Like, I can't remember a lights out in ECW that, that missed the mark. No, the best well, the best one of all time was when Sandman returned from his time at East, uh, WCW to help out Dreamer and yeah. Raven, I think it was, to beat, uh, to beat down on um, the Impact players, I think it was. Um, it's weird, isn't it? I guess it really does depend how you do it because Sandman wasn't like a character with mystique. Sabu, yeah. Raven, yeah. Um, lots of characters in ECW, actually, you know, that had come and gone, had it. But like you said, people like Sandman. Taz had had a few, I think, didn't they? Pretty sure there was a Lights Out. I can't remember the one I'm thinking of, unless it's the same one with Sabu and... There was a few with Sabu and Taz, I think. Yeah. I it's like, it's like Joey Joe Lawler was a good one in ECW. Yeah, but again... That was you had that whole story there with Jerry, but they they used it a couple of times, and that for that segment because like uh, Sabu, they used it for Sabu, and then RVD I think got lights out, and then they used Joey Lawler, and the crowd erupted. It makes total sense, yeah. and it's fucking genius, really. That was, but I think going back, it, it going, back going back to the Ado thing, it was the fact it was the main event slot, and it was the main event moment of. Oh, we're getting a possible XWE guy or... Yeah, that's why... Big I, surprise. Oh, it's this seven-foot Indian that no one knows. I think it's... And I think Tony Khan announced there was going to be a big surprise on that show. Mm, well, he wasn't wrong. It was a big surprise. But not the, expi- not the surprise we thought it was going to be. It's, it's their own fault. And it's in a way, that it's, it's a good reason it's their fault. Because... You know, their surprises have, by and large, been very good. You know, I, I remember people being not too... Uh, well, they, they were pretty underwhelmed with the Christian Cage reveal. But well, Was that because it was Christian Cage, or was that because everyone thought it was going to be something better? Well, this is the trouble. You say somebody better than Christian Cage, and Christian Cage is one of the guys I'd have been like, yeah, absolutely get him in AEW, because he's going to be, he'd be a crucial part of that team. Like, wealth and knowledge... Obviously, can still go in the ring, which we didn't wasn't actually weren't too sure about because they'd only come back earlier on that year for the Rumble. Yeah, and they'd been away for a number of years before that. So like eight, nine years, whatever it was. It was a long, long while. Yeah. But you know, I, I was really happy to see him there. But I think it's the problem is is that you you big up a big surprise, and you you know you're expecting like the world, and I think that's that's sometimes that's Tony's problem is that he he does put it out there and he does deliver a lot. But then the times when he doesn't deliver are going to be more of a disappointment because you're not used to being disappointed. You're used to the big surprise. So then when you're told you're going to get, you know, it's like going to a restaurant to eat your favourite meal. 
you keep going there and you keep having the same meal because it's your favourite meal. Like, you know it's going to be great. And then one day you go there and actually it's not as good as it used to be. You're more disappointed because you know how good it can be. And I think that's the, the problem with AEW a lot of the time is you know how good their surprise can be. So when they big up something really huge and actually it wasn't quite as big as you thought, and that's probably what's unfortunately hindered Satnam Singh a bit because you've done this big lights out reveal it only you only need the lights out for a few seconds and a wrestling fan is going to go oh my god it's Cesaro oh my god it's uh, I don't know who else is left uh, Fandango oh my god it's Tyler you know <laughs> your brain's but you know what I mean though. your brain's going to go all over the shop and you're going to be thinking oh who is this and that's then, what the crowd would say. When it's a, <laughs> when it's when it's an when it's an unknown. I, I don't mean, know. Then again, maybe, maybe it works out because it, it well, shows him as a big deal. I guess. Did Butcher and the Blade get lights out? Um, good question. I can't remember because I, I feel like it was. Was it a run in? It might be a run in, but <laughs> no. They, but it, it was. I th- I think it was. I either think way, it, I think it was a run in. I I vaguely remember they appeared, and I think didn't they get brought in as part of MJF's kind of. I've moaned about this before, but how Butcher and Blade are basically just like the mercenaries there. You know, they just they're paid by other wrestlers I, I to go and do how, the dirty work, I isn't it? I don't remember how they got in. I just remember they did it. It was MJF. I'm pretty sure MJF's thing was that he he'd paid them to come in. They were his mercenaries, and when they came out, it was oh, it's the Butcher and it's the Blade and it's the Bunny because obviously yeah. Ali was already there. But she'd adopted the bunny persona when she'd come out with them. But there was only Exc- Excalibur. And yeah. only Excalibur knew. Yeah, you got it. And JR, I remember JR, um, I don't know if you want to say criticising, but he he said, I think on his podcast, he said somewhere that basically he's not a fan of it because it's kind of like, well, you know, how do you know where these guys are from? Like, mm. you need to, which it's weird, isn't it? I think they're a bit more accepting of it now, but. A lot of wrestling fans will know who Butcher and Blade is from the indies, but then to a wider audience, I, I do get what JR's saying. But yeah, because I said the same thing about the Malachi Black thing when he's like, "That's that's not Tommy Ann, that's Malachi Black." It's like, well, how did you know? Yeah, <laughs> how, how did you know that? But sometimes I think yeah, to build up someone, be. But do you think that? Do you think that would it would have served Satnam Singh better if it had a vignette? A little bit. Not so we could kind of maybe get to... If it was Rampage, or it was Dark, Dark. Or Ring of Honor. Could have been. I don't know what's happening that yet. I thought that big announcement was going to be a Ring of Honor TV deal, actually. But just going back on that quick. Mm. But I guess maybe that's to come. I don't know. We, time will tell, won't it? I, we'll, we'll see what happens. And he's going to be in there with Joe. So that's sink or swim. Because, you know, Joe's going to be able to pull some good matches out of him, surely. I'd like to think so. If he can't, then... It's interesting, though, having um, the big guy always debuting against another big guy. Yeah, Kali was the same with um, Taker. You've had Giant Gazelle and Taker. Yeah. I suppose it's to show like when they are truly, truly big, like how much bigger they probably look compared to someone who was also very, very big. Because Joe, I mean, I don't know really how tall Joe is, but Joe's a big dude. I don't think he's that big, though. Compared to, but he's but he's a big dude. He's like, big, yeah, he's it's, a powerhouse. It's, yeah. So you know, you put him up against a big guy. You put him up against Omos. He's still, he's going to look like a midget. Like everyone, everyone looks like a midget yeah. compared to an Omos. And Satnam is what what what's his shoot height? Like seven? About about the same. 
That's seven four. Is that seven? What seven three? Was it seven four? <laughs> what is Amos? Amos is supposed to be seven three, but Amos is legit seven four. So uh, two point one eight meters. So I don't know how to convert that to feet. Google does. So Google does. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? So Satnam Singh though he's a, he's a former uh, is it basketball isn't he Dallas is it played for uh, Dallas Mavericks Wow. I mean to be fair most of these you're going to get a lot of these tall guys are going to be basketball players so. <laughs> yeah I know he's not going to be a fucking horse rider is he Shaquille O'Neal's going to come <laughs> yeah he could be the horse they they have said the reason why Singh Satnam Singh is in now is because. They're trying to market to India. Kind of what WWE did. I don't know if... I want to say that guy, he was in um, that WWE India show they did. But I might be completely wrong. I don't know. The one that's on the network, and I don't think anyone ever saw that was an Indian. Not not being unfair, I'm just saying that I don't think anyone that was an Indian hasn't seen. Yeah. It was one of those, like, it wasn't marketed along, like, as big as a lot of the others. Was, it, was it the week of... Survivor Series or something. Sounds about right. And yeah, same reason WWE was doing it. It was a smart move then. And like we said before, you know, with the, for better or worse, Jinder Mahal's reign wasn't exciting. It was very stale, but. I liked it when it started, but. Jinder yeah. himself. Yeah, no, I thought it was quite cool. Because again, it was, it was unpredictable mm. and it was out of nowhere. And that, that in its own could be really good sometimes and effective. But the reign just wasn't very good. Because Ginger himself seems like a really nice dude. Yeah. So not bad for Canadian. Canadians are really nice, aren't they? Quite polite. Apart from when they're not actually. And Nickelback. Um, oh damn. <laughs> Fear of a dead man. <laughs> Absolutely killed my my all Canadians are nice statement with one one band. Fair enough. Two bands. Well, the same band really. It was, it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Chad. Um, now, well, we'll see what happens with Satnam Singh. I, I'm going to hold out hope. Rocky start, though. Anything else in the AW camp before we maybe take a look at WWE? Can't think of anything. Um, uh, sure Jack, Jack Evans leaving, but one of those wrestlers I keep forgetting is there. Cause Confirmed. They're, they're, not, on, they're mm. not on Dynamite often. No, and I've got to be honest, I've never really... I liked Jack Evans back in the day and the stuff that he would do, but... As wrestling's evolved, he I don't really feel like he's sort of moved with it. Uh, it's a weird thing. I, I I don't know how to really... I can't really quite put my finger on it, but it's just Jack Evans went from being like, oh, wow, that's so unique. I've never seen this stuff before. That was... To, oh, well, yeah, just, everybody's done it now. Yeah. So, so it's not really entirely his fault. No, yeah, I, I was a fan and just like, yeah, just... But then again, I, I, I th- I've not liked this whole hybrid 2.0 thing though like, I don't like I think more than anything for me uh, this probably sounds really petty but it was mainly their attire for me I couldn't get my, I couldn't get my eyes away from the fact that their attire looks so tacky on what's effectively international television and this is like going to be a big you know this is a company that you want to take serious as a real uh, player in, in the pro wrestling industry, first one potentially to come along in, depending on what your stance is with how impact got once upon a time, but it's certainly the first one in many years. And you've got, you know, 
guys coming out looking like that? I don't know. Mm. Was it for me? Really? And it's just, you know, Angelico, I think, I, I do rate it. I enjoyed Angelico a lot in Lucha Underground. Yeah. But we never quite got to see that same sort of... And I know that argument's been thrown around a lot for, for guys in AEW when they've come from other places, but uh, never really quite saw that same Angelico in AEW. For me. No. Um, where where does this leave Angelico, then? I thought he was injured, to be honest. But is he leaving as well? I don't know, because um, when you say that, there's still part of the... Um, not, um, the Technically, the Andrade... Andrade Corporation, whatever they're called. That's better than it's actually called the Andrade family office, but but I think yeah, I think everyone in that should be doing better than they are. It's a weird one, isn't it? Also, Andrade family office. I know it's obviously just taken over because it was from the Hardy family office, yeah. but does the Andrade family office imply that um, Charlotte Flair is also running things? So basically, Charlotte to AEW confirmed. Well, you heard it here first. It, de- it does depend on if she drops the title to Ronda Rousey. Oh, come off it. Shit, go to AEW. Um, well, you say that. Ric Flair's been taking bumps again with Jay Lethal, so you never know. I suppose you never know, but let's let's just say it's highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. <sighs> highly. All right, then, WWE. What's happened over there, then? Well, let's see. Mustafa Ali return on Raw. He's still there. I mean, they might as well do something with him, seeing as they wouldn't let him leave. It's funny because he was the Miz TV segment with uh, Theory, not Austin Theory. Nope. Who's Austin Theory? Theory. Oh yeah. Um, don't, don't bring up Theory of a Dead Man again, will you? Fuck him. <laughs> I hate my love. I hate you now for singing that. <laughs> I've seen it live. I seen it live. <laughs> Where did you see it? Oldbridge. When did they sport Oldbridge? Uh, 2016? No. 2016. I was there with you in 2016. That was Gojira. No, it was the one, uh, uh, 20, uh, it was the one I was on my own. It was Oldbridge, Black Century, Hailstorm. Oh, uh, that would have been the Fortress tour then. Yeah, Fortress, yeah. Yeah. Ah! You've seen Theory of Dead Man live. Yeah. See Nickelback as well. I'm glossing over the fact that I've seen them live, but I've never seen Nickelback live. But I was, I was, they support Bon Jovi, which nowadays is probably the other way around. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Fury and Miz was um, doing a segment and Ali comes out and they did the, um, Miz said, are you still, I'm surprised you're still here. <laughs> oh, and Fury went, aren't you the guy that dropped, um, dropped his ball and went home? Dropped his ball and went home? Yeah. Wow. But, but I think, I think Ali beat Miz. Oh. I might be wrong on that. Let's hope they're going to give him a big push. Like um, we've been hoping for a long time. Also a return from Asuka, who's been away for a long time. She's been away for a long time, but we always knew that someday, somehow, she's going to make it back you know, right now. <laughs> I was waiting. I just wanted to get one in. So anyway, yeah. Uh, she's come back to... <laughs> Asuka's come back and she's going to be feuding with Becky Lynch. Yeah. Which was going to probably happen before Becky got pregnant. Because Asuka uh, won yeah. the money in the bank. I don't know if that was planned because... She, I don't know if Asuka won money in the bank because... It's a bit, yeah, it depends when she should announce... Well, told well, it WWE was, officials, isn't it? Yeah, because she won money in the bank and then the next night Becky was uh, announced she was pregnant and that the title was in the briefcase, which is weird. One thing I really like about this is that it's... Would you class it as a high-profile 
angle. Well, it must. I think it must be if it's Becky Lynch and Asuka. Exactly. I think anything Becky Lynch is in now at this point. It's more so than Asuka. It's not a knock on Asuka, but no. Becky Lynch is. She is more high profile in the company. And they've and had good matches in the past. They've had great matches in the past. That one at the Rumble 20, two, three years ago? Yeah, when Becky, the one Becky won later that night. Yes, one. Well, um, that was great. That was a good match. Um, yeah, this is going to be, it's a high caliber uh, top talent match and it has no title on the line, seemingly yet. No, because... Which Bian- is good. Bianca's kind of feuding with... Sonia, but don't know if that's into anything else. I like this. I, I like that there's a an angle in wrestling where it's going to be two women fighting each other, but not over a belt. But the the match is going to be good, and the story has all the potential to be good. Yeah, we just have to see. But as we're going to be coming to shoot soon, sometimes angles themselves are not always the uh, yeah, Kurt, the best. Oh, leave Kurt Angle alone, will you? I'm going to be talking about Kurt Angle. Oh, I think we are going to be talking about Kurt Angle. I don't know if it's the same one I'm thinking of now. But... When we're talking about Kurt Angle, um, have you been watching any of his podcasts? On and off. I've not been... That was a, some news that came out. Was it last week, a week before? So Kurt Angle's, Kurt Angle's podcast is quite new, but there's someone else going to be starting a podcast, isn't there? Taker. The Undertaker with a wrestling part. What year are we living in? The Undertaker is going to be starting a wrestling podcast. Is it? I don't hate it. I'm going to say it right now. I don't hate that because I love Undertaker. Like the Undertaker is my favorite of all time. He always will be. The child in me, the kid in me, is always going to be an Undertaker, Mark Calloway. But the idea of Undertaker on a wrestling podcast is still mind-blowing to me. It's still surreal watching him do out-of-character interviews. I know. It's, it's, even though I love like Last Ride, it's still weird. It's still weird. Well, that was the weirdest one because it was the first one to like such a long uh, extent, I guess. Because yeah. we've seen him do out-of-character interviews, so, like, but they're so very brief. So very brief. But this, I mean, that was a really in-depth, deep dive into... You know, the man behind the persona, wasn't it? Yeah. And now we're going to get a podcast. What kind of stories are we going to hear on there? Probably the same we've already heard. There's going to be a lot of the same. Is the it only... Conrad one? Was it just a... Um... I wouldn't be surprised. Conrad does quite a few of them, doesn't he now? Yeah. So he's... He's, he's uh... still does the Bruce Pritchard one. He still does Kurt Angle. He does... Kurt Angle, JR's one. Bischoff. And he does... Um, oh, he Jeff. does do Bischoff's one, yeah. So he, he's got one basically every day. That's crazy. If he, does, if he does this one. Conrad. Putting out the content. Gotta love it. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that was big news <laughs> for me. I thought it was, thought it was massive. As, as we did last episode, we had to congratulate a wedding in wrestling. Mm. I'm not happy about this. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, Scarlett Bordeaux and uh, Killer Cross have finally got married. I honestly thought they were already married. But I don't know if that's because they've been together for so long. Yeah, probably is, isn't it? I never really thought about it. But yeah, I guess you're right. You can't really mention one without the other now and it at this was point. Asia, so it's good to see WCW content being uh, brought in as well. Oh, I just feel like we've just dropped little Easter eggs throughout this whole episode of what's coming up. Probably. Um, I don't know. I don't know if people are there. I've not seen any photos apart from them together. I don't know if there's any wrestlers there, but well, massive congratulations to the both of them. It's really good news. And uh, going back to WWE news, it's twentieth anniversary of this. It's twentieth anniversary of Randy Orton's debut this this week. Yes, 
Uh, so Matt Riddle did some sort of like, I saw something, it was very brief. I don't know what, if it was meant to be like a celebration type thing or are they going to do like a this is your life type thing? I don't know what they're going to do. I think it, on Raw they had like, it, it was loads of wrestlers outside the ring like appreciating them. Mm. And then they had like, it was basically to set the main event flair that night. But I think, yeah, because it's Matt Riddle, oh, sorry, Riddle introduces him out, doesn't he? Mm. Um, and reminds everybody that, yeah, he's been with the company now for 20 years. That's two decades. I thought, Riddle's doing this. That's great. This really is like, this is how you remind me of what I really... <laughs> this is going to be the episode title, isn't it? <sighs> Nickel crap. Nickelback. Nickelback versus Ryback. That should be there. Ryback, does he still have a podcast? Did he do a podcast? Yeah, it really took off at one point, I think. I, I thought it did. Anyway. The last time I was... And it's still anything relevant about Ryback is when he said, what company shall I be in on Twitter poll? And everyone said, retire. <laughs> yeah, I know, just asking for it, um, him, But I... Yeah. The idea of somebody being in the industry for 20 years now is it's weird, isn't it? Because it's... I think we might have said this with um, Stone Cold in either episode before or one before that, but we said about, you know, Austin's run... Like, overall, in just WWF to WWE, really was not that long. Yeah. Like, his wrestling career was, yeah. but his run in the WWE was not that long. December 95 to March 2003, if you if you count by wrestling. Because then, it, obviously, he did, like, the stuff. In-ring. Yeah, in-ring was, like... In-ring career. That is not even 10 years. No. He was not even in... Stone Cold Steve Austin was not even an active wrestler in the WWE for 10 years. It was under 10 years. And actually, you then take away um, some large portions of that where he was out with injury. Obviously, broken neck. And the uh, walkout. When he walked out in 2002. Again, that was... Yeah, 2002. That was Mm. 20 years this year as well. Mad. It's mad though when you think about it, and then yet Orton's there and he's he's been there twenty years. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? Well, how long has this episode gone on for? <laughs> long enough, but we're not done yet. No, we still got our say what we we're going to talk about. Yes, wrestling rivalries, the pro wrestling angle, the rivalry, the feud. There have been many, many great ones out there in the history of professional wrestling. Talk about your greats, Austin Rock. Yes. Austin McMahon. Michael's Brett. Hogan Piper. Edge I'd put Edge Cena in there. Yeah. Cena Orton, maybe. Cena Orton's a good one. To a degree. Yeah. And one of my personal favourites, Champa Gargano. Until they brought it back. Uh, I would say it's welcome a bit, yeah. But I mean, you know, still I think that was one of the best feuds of, of all time. But, you know, a wrestling rivalry, they are things that we can look back on and... We it engrosses you, right? When the booking is spot on, there's constant shifts in the narrative and swerves and all of this sort of stuff. Like it can really, really make or break things. We look at uh, more recent events with, say, Hangman and Kenny. Again, not everybody's favourite, but the long term storytelling on it and the build for it, I think by and large is going to be looked back on as as one of the more successful rivalries of AEW's run. Yeah, in the earlier years, that's fair to say. I think that's fair to say. And it really is. It really is great. 
But sometimes, Ash, sometimes people fight for peculiar reasons. That is true. But, you know, look, the idea of how a wrestling rivalry can start is sometimes make or break for for what comes after. Mm. Sometimes, no matter how good the matches are, if the rivalry started off on uh, weird grounds, I guess. I'm going to say weird because that probably sums up all of them together because it's quite a diverse sort of list. But, yeah. um, you know, sometimes if if the rivalry, if, if the storyline just is, is not good, sometimes no matter how good the matches are, it's, it's just not going to be remembered in a, in a good way. And I'm going to start, Ash, with one. Okay. Where I think that applies to this. Go on. Everyone knows this is going to be coming if we're going to be talking about most sort of ridiculous and funny and whatever rivalries in wrestling history. But uh, I'm going to kick things off with Booker T versus Edge. Ah, yes, yes. Come off of 2002, um, 20-year anniversary of that then. Uh, Just gone, pretty much. So uh, the rivalry, in a nutshell, is auditioning to be the, I guess, the, the leading star in a Japanese shampoo commercial. A made-up Japanese shampoo commercial, may I say. Why are you breaking kayfabe? I'm sorry, but, you know, it's more serious than anything else. It's more serious than wrestling. It's WrestleMania. And more importantly, Ash, I'm doing it because you're worth it. Because you're worth it. Maybe it's Maybelline. That's makeup, actually, isn't it? Yeah, you dickhead. Put that in your air as well. Um, This one, then. Memories. Well, I wasn't really watching, like, Raw and SmackDown a lot. So I only knew about it when I watched Mania 18. At the time. And then, I've, to be honest, I've never really seen this, why it became a big... I've seen the Booker T auditioning for the commercial and then Edge doing it and getting a part. But Jerry's there because he's Japanese. Yeah, and then, that was their best way of sort of going for it, wasn't it? And then, yeah, it, they're, they're just having a match. At, I mean, I'm sure they do a promo. Booker T, I'm sure Booker T does a promo at Mania 18. Um, I don't remember the promo at Mania 18. Maybe there was. I just don't remember it. But, but that's about... That's, it's like... So you have to tell us why. And... Yeah, it's just a stupid, stupid... It's a, it's a stupid angle. They're fighting for a very silly reason. But I think... Reading between the lines, it's Booker T versus Edge. Hmm. Uh, obviously, it's going to be a really good match. And this is also... Booker T still relatively new to the company. Yeah. It was a bit of a uh, step downhill. Obviously, he comes in as True. WCW World Champion, and now you know the following year. I mean, not even a full year later, is it really? From where he's been sort of on screen in the WWF, WWE, he's fighting for a shampoo commercial. I think he'd been in the company for about eight months. Yeah, give so or it's take. Not, not far off, and the it's year, not long. Certainly. And this is Edge, just as soon as you're getting. Away from the Asian Christian tag team. Right. This is like, I think, I want to say this is like Rob Zombie era edge. I think it is. So, never gonna stop me, never gonna stop. Is that better than Nickelback? Yes. Cool. Well, I'll bring some more Nickelback later for you. Fuck off. Yeah, but it's it's made up shampoo. A Japanese brand of made up shampoo. And they're they're fighting to, because they want to star in the role for for the commercial where they're going to win the kayfabe money, I guess. Uh, weird, isn't it? But it's, it's 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 what's weirder about it, and the reason I think it ranks so high on a lot of people's lists is because 
the blow-off match was at WrestleMania. Well, the, from what I was, from what I've been told by, I think it was uh, Rock Culture on one of their things you don't know about a Mania series they did years ago. Mm. This was meant to be hair versus hair. I, I, I can't remember if I I maybe heard Edge talk about this on he he's talked about this before on the Edge and Christian pod of awesomeness that the podcast they they used yeah, to do together. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he talked about this particular match on there, but I can't remember if it confirmed that or not. What I what I remember them saying was that it was maybe hair versus hair. Booker T was going to lose, but because he had grown his hair to a length that he liked he didn't want to do it then, <laughs> I didn't blame him <laughs> but then this would lead up to the feud after this match between Angle and Kurt Angle and Edge that's why Kurt Angle lost his hair but my favourite part about this whole story is that at Mania 18 there's a sign during this match they're fighting over shampoo <laughs> but they were yeah they were and I think Again, we, we say like because it, it's funny, but again, there was also things that I don't know. I mean, certainly now, and realistically, really, for the time also, but there were some things that are probably considered distasteful, I think, in terms of Japanese representation. Um, yeah. There's always mild racism with things like that, and it's a very weird thing, isn't it? Yeah. Because it seems very easy to target that Asian market. And. You know, it, it happens a lot, and it's not just a WWE thing. It, ha- it happens in Hollywood, like almost oh, yeah, all the time, especially at that time as well. There was a, uh, there's videos of, like Nick Cage doing Japanese commercials, and um, you know, I mean, what would you say about it overall? Though, I mean, it's a, obviously it's a very silly reason to be. Having you know why I don't know too much. I don't know if it's. I know it's bad, but I'm not sure if it ranks high or low. It's because I don't know if there was a payoff with that commercial. If they ever showed... Well, no, because it was never an actual thing. Yeah. But this might sway it for you to determine where you put it. Come on. As we said before, we've done Tier List Episode 3 for ranking every WWE video game ever. That's Mm -hmm. on YouTube currently. We do talk about Crush Hour in that particular episode. And Crush Hour does factor in to that rivalry. Where Crush Hour come out... Obviously, one of the things in there was Vince McMahon taking over all the TV networks. Yes. And all those wrestlers that was in, like, different commercials, you know, like Kane on the barbecue and what was that, Jim? Was it a shampoo one? It was a shampoo commercial. So, technically, Ash, there was a payoff. Well, you making it, I've just thought about this now. One of the storylines in 2K, uh, not 2K, WWE, SmackDown vs. Raw 2008 is a storyline where you fight about... Um, a movie role basically the same thing okay and one and one of the people you feud with was King Booker King Booker and he's reading for a part and um, I think your character and like whoever the divas were at the time I do vaguely remember that we're yeah. laughing at him and then he tells you to do better and then you start and then you better, yeah and then he beats you up that's it I do remember that now <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah if there's any footage somewhere of Edge doing commercial. It's, there's not. It's in Crush Hour, though. Mm. So you can go and watch that. I think uh, it ranks high because it's a very silly reason. The match itself, again, it's Edge versus Booker T. But the reason, very, very silly. 
I'm sure there's another, I'm sure WWE did another advert based rivalry, but not to the same level. I think it was Miz with Mizdow. I can't remember as I can't remember if it was a tag match or they fought each other for a commercial, but they didn't know what it was at the time. Miz wins the match, and it turns out it's about impotence. Wow. Okay. I, I remember, I just that went, sounds about right, but I don't I know remember they did, it. They, I know they did that, but I don't know if they did a match to to be a part of this. So it might not have played into. Okay. It's just that it reminded me. Have you got what? What have you got for your first sort of? I got one for. I got on I got, got WCW one. Okay. This is WCW two thousand, so it's not the best. Oh, <laughs> this could be anything. This happened between Stacy Keebler. Okay. Who was with David Flair in both storyline and real life at the time. The story was that Stacey Keebler as Miss Cancott, mm-hmm. which was a WCW, was pregnant. And she was going to get married to David Flair, but on the wedding night, she said that the baby's not his. So David Flair went a bit crazy and was asking for DNA tests for everyone. And one of the rumoured people that got her pregnant was Buff Bagwell. <laughs> so this led up to David Flair versus Buff Bagwell at I think Halloween Havoc 2000 in a DNA match <laughs> and the payoff was that Stacey Keeper Miss Hancock was never pregnant and this came up like a few months later it was all just a dream isn't that the biggest uh... it wasn't a dream it was, it was a nightmare <laughs> But, her, but when it's, she came... It was WCW 2000. She went off TV for a while, came back with a push chair. But there was no baby. It was pictures of Sean Stacey. <laughs> she was never pregnant. And apparently, like, the rumour was like the, it was going to be either Ric Flair, David Flair, was actually going to be the father, Buff Bagel was going to be the father, or Vince Russo was going to be the father. Well... That sounds about right for 2000's WCW, yes. doesn't it? Um, I'm going to raise your WCW 2000 rivalry with one of my own. I've got Booker T again. Can you believe it? And his rivalry with Ahmed Johnson, who was no oh, longer going know, by know, Ahmed I know, Johnson. I know this one is. I know this one is. <laughs> and the rivalry itself uh, was for the ownership of the letter... Yes, I know this one. Now, for those who might not be aware of this one, I will repeat that. Booker T versus Ahmed Johnson for the ownership of the letter, the alphabet letter, T. So, as you can imagine, that got pretty heated. Because Harlem heated. Okay, it did get, well, it did get very Harlem heated. That played a big thing into it. Because Ahmed Johnson comes into WC, well, I think it just had he just debuted in there. Yeah, I think he was called Big T. Big T, and he replaced Booker T in Harlem Heat. So Stevie Ray's there. He comes in. He's Big T. You've got Booker T. WCW higher ups must have been like, well, I mean, that's just it's a no brainer, mm. isn't it? It's a match made in heaven. We should just we should just book it, and the loser can't call themselves T anymore. It's a copyright claim. I think the actual story behind it is it's the manager, Clarence yeah. Mason. Mm, was it him? Clarence Mason. I'm sure it was. I'm sure they had a big guy. I thought it was. I think it, it was. Was Clarence Mason was in? Yeah, I'm sure it's Clarence Mason. It was definitely because he'd come from WWF 
over to WCW, and I think it was him filing the lawsuit, like in the storyline for the letter T. That's what I'm. I'm. Sh- I'm sure it was something like that. But regardless, even if that, if I've got that bit wrong, and Booker, of course, lost it. Yeah, did he become? That's why he came GI Bro, I think. GI Bro, I think you might be right there. Um, I can't remember it all because 2000 is just a whirlwind of yeah, absolute garbage. They, uh, uh, he must have won it back because otherwise he was. Well, that or he, he owes he owes a lot of money to Armour Johnson. Maybe that's what their real life beefs about. Mm. Copyright the alphabet quick, boys and girls, because you never know who's going to want to challenge you to a match. That's my advice. Yeah, what you going to beat that? Uh, well, I've got another WCW 2001. Okay, you fight fire with fire. <laughs> well, yeah, basically, the Sting Vampiro rivalry leading up to the um, Human Torch match. Yeah, and this because this was one of them, like, would you say it was a dream match? They were very if similar. You, if, you, if you go by gimmick to gimmick, yeah. yes. But style by style, I don't think it would have worked. Vampiro said on Chris Van Fleet's show, when it still used to be called that, that he thought essentially Sting was like a poser because, like, Vampiro's whole get-up is not—it's not a gimmick to him. Like that—that's who he is. Yeah, I've heard him that's say how that. he lived his life. So I also think the reason why it's, they did them two together is kind of like the same way I feel like uh, they put Darby Allen with Sting because they got face paint and <laughs> well, why not? Yeah, it's just <laughs> just the way that I think wrestling bookers think. But I don't know. I mean, I don't really remember there being like a much of a rivalry between Sting and Vampiro. But it was there, it was there for about two or three pay per views. But what was the reason that they fought? Was it that? I I don't know. I just know that they fought, and Sting won a couple of pay per views, big pay per view matches, and all of a sudden they've got Inferno Inferno match. If we're going, to, we're going to look at reasons, and I, I, I'm going to beat that with this one's not a, well. Actually, no, I am. I'll stick with WCW. Oh, go on. We you alluded to it earlier with a little Easter egg. This one though isn't from 2000. What? It is from the mid 90s. So the 90s, a uh, big decade really for many things, gaming particularly. One of the biggest franchises to come out in the 90s was, of course, Mortal Kombat. No. To capitalise on the success of Mortal Kombat, again, this, is, this is quite a well-known one in the wrestling community, but um, the debut of Glacier, Ash. Oh, yes. This whole debacle. Um, so Glacier came into WCW, uh, I think it was 96 uh, he came in. I think 96, 97? I think it's 96. So the rivalry is referred to now as Blood Runs Cold. Um I'm sure it's 96 because it, it was around... Because it's one of the other things that made it such a... Like, stand out like a sore thumb, if you want. Because w, the NWO is basically formed now at this point, And that's a very... You know, it's quite edgy. And that's... The NWO is obviously looking back on it now. But the NWO takes wrestling into this whole new direction. And really does shake up the, the landscape. But in terms of Glacier and where this came about... The idea... The Glacier character was built up for months... I mean, I think it was like half a year. It was like six months. It was worth. a long, long time. It was ages, and they built him up in these vignettes for for months and months. And it's this character that was going to come in, big dude, but he had like, I think was it like his helmet was like special powers, gave him powers. It was something like that. But the the character itself was uh, essentially like a nod 
to Sub-Zero then, I guess. Yeah, it was. For Mortal Kombat. And he was going up against his arch nemesis, Mortius. Yeah, I kept thinking Mordecai then. I was like, that's not the same thing. Um, yeah, Mortius, who I suppose was the Scorpion ripoff. Yeah. Um, but different colour scheme. Well, yeah, he was green, weren't he? He was green. Yeah. Which would have been... Um... But Scorpion, I think, wasn't Scorpion at this point, though, like the big kind of rival for Sub-Zero? Yeah. At that point in the game. It always so. has been. Well, yeah, mainly. I guess they couldn't do yellow because at that time... Actually, they could have done it at that time because there was no Hogan. It was Hollywood Hogan. It, well, yeah. Not that that should have mattered. Like no. you just said with Vampiro and Sting, it was, you know, you had contrasts all over the place, like similarities and things. But yeah, the storyline was that. Like, that's the story, is that they're basically Mortal Kombat ripoffs fighting each other in this kind of superhero, super villain, <laughs> cartoon kind of esque uh, setting, which is, again, it, it was very out of place for where it seemed like the company and pro wrestling as a whole was sort of moving to Definitely. at that time. Um, I don't think the actual um, rivalry itself went on for very long, but um, the reports were, and this this is how much WW, WCW invested in the Glacier character. So to put this into perspective, WCW obviously believed it enough to invest $35,000 approximately in the attire alone for Glacier. They made it burn. Well, they, well, and they certainly did burn it, didn't they? But well, they didn't it, freeze it, did they? <laughs> <laughs> but it was. You think? I mean, think about it, 35 grand on just an attire that everybody laughed at, basically. Mm. But, I mean, the, the Glacier character itself, I mean, he, he carried on. I mean, he's, he's, he's still going, isn't he? still going, so... Was he at GCW or was it an AEW thing? Boxing? He showed up in AEW, I think, didn't he? He showed up in one of their Battle Royals, I, was I he, think. Was he in the, the first, uh, first Casino Battle Royal? I think he was. That was at that, the Double or Nothing in 2019. Yeah, the one that um, Hangman was. MJF eliminated him, I believe. Makes sense. But yeah, and he's and he's been around obviously the independent circuit and things like that. Overall, very. I mean, you know, WTF, WCW. <laughs> yeah. So can, well, can you beat that? Well, I got another. I got another WCW. Oh, poor WCW. But this this is the last one I can. <laughs> this is the last WCW one. Dragged through the mud. The last ever Nitro. Right. Actually, no, I got one more WCW, but. I, this, 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 is a short, <laughs> this is the one for now. This is there was a short. This is a short one. I'm trying to think what you're going to say because it wasn't that Nitro, long since we watched that. The last Nitro. Do you remember there was a match between Sean Stasiak and Bam Bam Bigelow? I believe. Do I? I don't know. The, it was if Stasiak lost, he would have a tattoo from Bam Bam Bigelow. Loser gets tattooed. Or was it just Sean Stasiak if he lost? Not because Bam Bam Bigelow. No, I, I think it was loser gets tattooed. But like that. What, I mean, what? Well, that mattered for Pam Pam. I mean, his whole head was flames. Yeah, and he had loads of... I'm sure he had more around him. It's like Ghost Rider, wasn't it? I never saw it. You never saw Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider? I've seen bits and pieces, but I've not seen the whole movie. Oh, wow. But I'm going to see... If the internet doesn't hate you right now, I do. I'm going to see his new one, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> what, the Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage yes, film? Yes, it looks so it good. It looks great. Um, yeah, okay. It might be the last pay-per-view they had a match together. And then the week after that, because um, 
Bam Bam Bigelow came out with a tattoo case. Because I think he was a... I don't know if he actually was a tattooist. But because he had tattoos, I think they gave it to him that he could do tattoos. Kind of like when mm. Prince Albert... Or Albert was Prince Albert and would come out with the, um, a kit, piercing kit. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if they turn that into a thing? It gave people actual Prince Alberts. And that's not the same thing, but remember this... <laughs> TV 14. Do, do, well, do you remember the CM Punk Jericho rivalry in 2012? With the Hulk, yeah. And, and they were going to get... Ta- they wanted Punk to get a tattoo done by Jericho, but they thought... It was going to be too... There'd be too much gruesome blood. On. Well, yeah, yeah, there'd yeah. be blood. And... Well, which there would have been. Yeah. <laughs> Some. But I do have those three one later. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'll I want to do some WWE ones. I'll bring one to the table now then. I'm going to lay off of WCW for a little bit here. Yeah. Um, not for long though. Uh, yeah, not for long. They deserve it. Uh, WWE. We should go for this one. This is probably one of the ones that um, is maybe controversial for being in the list mm-hmm. but Macho Man and Hogan okay. I know this is controversial but if just hear me out for this one so it was one of the probably greatest Wrestlemania moments in history I still think I still don't know it might still be like top of the list I think you know the whole Macho Man how, how everything sort of went down for Macho Man eventually with like him and Elizabeth it led yeah. like everything kind of led to it didn't it but the actual like story between Macho Man and Hogan leading up to that particular mania. Again, the storyline surrounding Miss Elizabeth. Um, and it went on for a long time. Now, the actual story building within it was really good. I'm not knocking it at all. Mm-hmm. It was, and it, it was a real good slow build. It was, I mean, perfect, really, Not in Macho many, Man. in many ways. <laughs> it was, it was Mr. Macho Man perfect. Um, but realistically, when you looked at the, the ins and outs of it, the reason for the rivalry, and there might be some other ones on this list that are going to be similar to this or akin to this, because I don't think it's necessarily a stupid rivalry that we're fighting over necessarily somebody's wife. However, it's the idea that Hogan is the top babyface, and we're supposed to believe at the time that Macho Man was the heel. Right. But realistically, it like Hogan... If you watch it back now, I mean, to me, I, I mean, I do. I feel like Hogan comes across kind of as a piece of shit. He, he, he did a lot. But he did. Like, how was he the good guy in that? So the reason I put it on is not because I think it was a stupid rivalry. It's not because I think it was um, poorly executed. It, it wasn't that's very far from reality. It was it was great. But it's the idea that the the like what we saw was supposed to portray Hogan as being the sympathetic baby face. And he wasn't. He was the guy that inserted himself into someone, like supposedly his, you know, kayfabe best friend's marriage and was like basically responsible for kind of tearing it apart and made Macho Man go a bit, you know, obviously Macho Man did then become a heel and he, he did do heelish things. Yes. But Hogan was the underlying element within that storyline that set that in motion. Hogan was the real heel. Yeah. He was. So for that reason, I put it in there. Yeah, because that reminds me of when Hogan got pissy by Sid eliminating him in the 92 Rumble. Right, yeah. He had lots of moments like that where he came across very heelish. And 
Yeah, you come across like that a lot, though, didn't he? It's just Hogan was a lot of the times was the heel. Yeah, it is a common thing though when um, when a heel crushes a babyface's car. Oh, it's bad, but when it happens every round, it's good. Right. <laughs> I think when you look through, you know, the archives of, of WWF, Hogan is very much that type of character. But it goes on, goes on for me. Um, if you don't mind. I want to kind of come off the back of that one with another one. Go on. It's on the list, but for a different reason. All right. This one took place in, I want to say, 2002 again, but it may have been 2001. I think it was 2000... No, it was 2001. The Undertaker versus DDP. That's 2001, yeah. So... Similar reasons, but also different in terms of the babyface was the babyface here because the storyline was DDP, although we didn't know it was DDP at the time, was stalking the Undertaker's wife. So we would see these videos of hidden um, camera footage of Undertaker's wife going about her daily business and there's obviously a stalker. Mm. Someone's stalking her. They play these videos while Taker was in the ring doing the mind games and eventually we get the big reveal. Boom, it's DDP. No, it's bang. I was waiting for you to do it. I want it. I, I want you in for these things, you know. I set you up. Well, I did. You you delivered. Yeah. I want you to, emphasis though on bang. Bang. I want you to real <laughs> really bang me. Go on. All right. <laughs> bang. <laughs> oh, that was good. Yeah, I liked that. Um, <laughs> the reveal was. Weird, wasn't it? Because it's... I don't know if I'd say a mixed reaction. It, 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 you got a pop. Oh, yeah. Because it's DDP in WWE. But the reason I think it makes the list is because it was the idea of the people's champion from WCW, DDP, coming over. He's a big deal over there. And he's introduced to a WWF time audience as this weird stalker. Mm. Then gets absolutely obliterated by Undertaker. And then... You know, eventually things sort of worked out a bit better for him, but it absolutely did not reach the heights that it could have done in terms of his career in WWE. No, um, and everyone, every wrestling fan will say, well, why is he stalking Undertaker's wife who's with Kimberly? Uh, that's their choice. <laughs> but again, the idea of the wrestling angle itself being, you know, that's like to defend the honour of your wife. Cool, get it. But actually, it's one of those things where it's, even looking back at it now, it's just a bit weird. like, And not like a, a funny kind of weird. It's just a bit weird. And it, it makes it all the sadder that this was DDP and there could have been so much more and should have been so much more um, done with DDP that it could have been done so many different so many different ways in terms of bringing him in. Yeah, Did you hear how he wanted to come in? Did he want to face the rock? Yeah. He wanted to come out and do like, I'm the people's champion, you're the people's champion, you know. Mm. Which makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, but you know why that, do that when he can be a stalker? Yeah. You know that's not DDP's voice doing the video. It's, no, it's not originally, is it? It's Vince McMahon. It is Vince, yeah. And that makes complete sense. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, I thought those two kind of went hand in hand to a degree. But yeah, I've also it didn't help that DDP only got like one bit of offence on in the whole... <laughs> but another on Undertaker's wife. In, in the entire angle. And the funny thing, I think it was, yeah, I think he DDP the Dama Curl on Sarah, mm-hmm. ran away, nicked Undertaker's bike. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't get it to work. 
Poor DDP, just fell apart. And the fact they had to bring in Canyon as well, who was US champion. What have you got WWE wise then? I got two. I got two in one as well. Okay. They're basically, they're basically the same thing. All right. Taker v Taker and Kane versus Kane. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. Because they're both stupid, and it. <laughs> yeah, they are. And it basically leads up to the in the theory that. The Undertaker, as we know it now, has never been the Undertaker as we know it now. And the person who plays Kane is not the real Kane. The conspiracy theorists out there that do not think that the Undertaker that we've seen for the past however many years is the same one that debuted in 1990. Yeah, and people still don't believe... A lot of the weight that that gathers Mm. is incredible. But some of the reasons behind it are so laughable. Well, it can't be the same guy. Look at the one from 1990. He only has one tattoo. Now look at the one from now, and he's covered in tattoos. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it would, I could understand it more if it was the other way around. <laughs> but I don't think that's how it works. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> the Kane one, though, was weirder because it was never really... The, the, the storyline itself then, because so what was the actual storyline, how this all came about? Because there was a build-up before we got Fake Kane. The, the Fake Kane came because of May 19. May 19, May 19. Which was the Signal Evil movie, the first one. Right, but this wasn't this wasn't established within the storyline. No, the, the storyline was that May 19 was the day that his parents died by the fire that Undertaker caused. And then all of a sudden... Like a week or two later after this, I think it was a match against Orton. The lights go out, and this fake this this, this Kane comes out, Mask Kane, mm. played played by Luke Gallows. <laughs> was it a theatrical production? That's what they wanted. It might, it might as well have been. Comes up with the worst wig <laughs> since Undertaker. I know. And um, when he came back, <clears throat> when he had his when he showed his head in real life, and yeah, they had a match on pay per view, which the fake Kane won. And then the next night. Because the match went so badly, they got rid of Luke Gallows, and they'd never heard of him again. But apparently, the reason why they did this was because Glenn Jacobs himself was going to retire. What? So they did this to keep him. Glenn Jacobs was going to retire, and have Luke Gallows be Kane, and this was the real Kane, and this other Kane was a fake. No. What? So the Glenn Jacobs. Glenn Jacobs Kane was going to be a fake. No, surely not. Yeah, Luke Gallows was Kane all along, and Glenn Jacobs. <laughs> it was, was me, Kane. Was just a fake Kane. Wow. Yeah, I, they're they're worthy contenders for this list. And that, going to the fake Undertaker, it came because Undertaker against Yokozuna in Rumble '94. Technically, the Undertaker died. Yeah, that was the kind of yeah. But the funny thing is, the guy who played the fake Undertaker was Martin Janay. <laughs> Until they brought in this fake Undertaker, which was Brian Lee, who would be a uh, chronic mm-hmm. WCW, um, who, who was best friends with Taker, so it makes sense. They're both about the same height. Yeah, it works with the hair over the face. Yeah, and you know, I think they did a a, a good as job as they could have done in terms of like not having too many close ups, but it worked. But the fact that because like, it was Ted DiBiase bring him in. And this led to a match at SummerSlam, which was the main event of 1994 SummerSlam. And it's bloody awful. But I, I think the commentary... One thing I'll say about Vince on his commentary that was that he did he did do very well at selling things. I think he really did get things over as best as he could yeah, on commentary. Right. 
for that time, it wouldn't hold up now, but for then, I think it was actually, you know, I actually rated it in some commentary, not gonna lie. And one of the things that um, this this Undertaker vs. Undertaker did was have the really big urn. Yes. That Paul Bearer didn't like. There's been some funny stuff. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna bring this one in. So, identity theft, which is basically what you've brought up here. Yes. Theft of any kind is wrong. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about people's action figures. Right. Any idea where I'm going with it? I feel like I should, but I don't. I can't do you say in TSA? I probably will. This is a WWE one. Yoshi Tatsu. And Tyson Kidd. So we're talk- we've been talking about pay-per-view storylines. You're talking about superstars storyline. <laughs> this was... I can't remember the year. If but I could guess for Yoshitatsu, it would be like late This is. It's going to be... 2010s. I think you're right. Yeah, it's going to be, I think, somewhere between that sort of time frame. Because Tyson Kidd is still... I want to say he's still like the, like the Hart Foundation. Right. There, he's still with David Boy Smith Jr. and Natalia. So... Um, the storyline itself, then, how this all kicks off, Yoshitatsu has been setting himself up a shrine in the locker room. Candles, the works, like a proper, you know, like a Japanese shrine. Right. To himself. That sounds like a heel thing. I think he was a heel, maybe at this time. I think. I want to say he was, because you'd have to be, right? True. But actually, was he ever a heel in WWE? I don't think he was. Yotsi. Well, Yotsi. Yoshi. You just like morph him and Shotzi together. All right, maybe he was a face. So that, that I mean, that's even more reason this should be on the list then. So he, set up, he sets up a shrine for himself. And in the middle of the shrine is a Yoshitatsu action figure. Tyson Kidd comes into the locker room. They have an exchange. And he goes to touch the uh, the action figure. And Yoshi uh, just in general wants to touch it. Mm. Yoshitatsu does not want his plastic self to be touched. Fair enough. Tells him. Yeah. Tells him. He says, no, don't don't touch my plastic bits. So Tyson Kids, you know, leaves, as, as one word when you're told not to touch your bits. And Yoshitatsu goes about the business. You know, he leaving like offerings for his uh, uh, his action figure, like chocolate bar. And I think they might be some other. It might have just been the, the chocolate bar. But he leaves like a chocolate bar for it. Again, it's very silly, but the idea of like that practice is very, you know, that's very common in Japan. That's a tradition in Japan that you leave things like that at shrines. Yeah. So that in its own is not silly. You know, we do it to an action figure of yourself because it's a shrine to yourself. So it is silly. But they end up fighting, actually. Do you know yeah. why? Because it got stolen. Oh, it didn't just get stolen. That rotten Tyson kid pulls the... <laughs> What's the action? I'm trying to really sell it. I don't know why I'm promoting it. He gets the, the action figure in front of Yoshitatsu, holds it in front of him and snaps his leg off. Right. And keeps the leg. I want to say I remember this. I'm... If you don't remember this, I'll be shocked because the only I, I remembered this next bit and that's what led me to find out the rest of it. Ashley, do you know how this rivalry was resolved? How was it... Sold. I'll tell you. When Tyson Kidd broke the leg off of that action figure, he kept that leg. Yoshitatsu wanted that leg back. So they settle it the only way that two men can. Yoshitatsu's action figure leg 
on a pole match. I probably weren't doing WWE. I probably doing WWE. Hey, this was. We said how long ago this was, so this may have been. If it wasn't main roster, because I didn't remember this main roster. Could could this have been NXT? Uh, let's see. Might be. Rich Rossi's had so probably ten years. So probably NXT, but then I couldn't tell you what year it was. It makes sense for it to be NXT, considering what NXT was at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we'll go with NXT for it, but. Yeah, an action, a broken action figure leg of Yoshitatsu on a pole match. Yeah, that sounds really bad. Does that rank high on anyone's list? Because I think it should. I mean, it really should. I mean, it should be. <laughs> You're going to go watch that match now, aren't you? I probably am going to do it. Everybody that. should go watch that match. Whenever you listen to this, you when, when, when we're done, go find that match and watch it. I bet it's, I bet it's enthralling. Right, can you beat that? Let's be honest, no, you can't. No, probably not, but I've got... <laughs> I want to talk about a, a match that we've talked about in a, on a podcast before. Go on. About the Shawn Michaels versus... Um, what's his name? Rick Martel at SummerSlam 92. Okay. When they're feuding over Sherry. Yeah. And the fact that they're not allowed to punch. Because that's something she wanted. I'm not saying it's, <laughs> I'm not saying it's the worst, or it's one of the... I'm just saying... It's a stupid story. It's a stupid storyline. It doesn't necessarily have to be like these are the worst storylines, but it's it's just ridiculous ones. Some are funny, some are cringe, some are bad. It's just silly reasons to be in a rivalry. I think the key that we'll probably find with some of these is not always how the rivalry started, but maybe where it ended up. Yeah, because... Because that overall... Because, again, and the match quality doesn't necessarily have to be... Because no, it was a good match. We it's, said, a, yeah. it's a very good match. But it was just the fact that they had to do... It was two heels... In 1992, having a match, basically because a woman wants both of them, but they can't pa- they can't punch each other in the face because she loves them both. I actually want to talk about a game one because the game ones that this is a game one that could have been a natural wrestling storyline. That I'm not sure if I read it was they wanted to do it or not, but it could have happened. Do you remember Santina Morella and Finlay against Undertaker, <coughs> which led to mm. Boogeyman? The man. Uh, vaguely. And when you had the choice to make either Finley or Santino a zombie. Yeah. Apparently that was rumoured to be a potential storyline, but obviously it would have been stupid. <laughs> Maybe it's stupid then, but they have since done zombies. Yes. Only in games could that happen. Only in games. But we okay. say that, but we, we have just covered an action figure on a leg. Yeah. An action figure on a leg. An action figure leg Wait, on a pole. leg. leg. It wasn't that. It wasn't on the body. Yeah, some of those. You could. I mean, you could do the gaming stories all day, couldn't you? Yeah. For storylines um, on them, but I'm. I'm gonna. I just, I'm, wanted, I just want to talk about one, another game one because like, you can bring them up. Bring up what you want, mate. I think. I think this one that we've not mentioned. This is the, this is the trend now. You drop your keys in every episode. Yeah. This is one that I'm surprised we haven't talked about yet. Go on, custody of Dominic. I, it's, it was coming. It is coming. I don't want to. We might as well do it. We can do it now. Yeah, if you want. I don't want to make it. If, if we're going to make it the last one, not now. Not making this to the last one. But say we, if it was going to be the last one, we're going to do. But well, the uh, well, it's, it's to be fair because I did just say about it's not always how the rivalry starts because I think one of the common misinterpretations of this is this was what the rivalry was about, and it, and it, that's true. It got to this point, but it's not how it started. I mean, it literally was. Eddie and Ray 
starting out as friendly competition almost. Well, it was, wasn't it? It was friendly competition. They were the WWE Tag Team Champions. Yes. They wanted the match against each other at WrestleMania 21. Good, really good match. Um, but the story was sort of moved into this whole Eddie just can't beat Ray. So he becomes more increasingly frustrated uh, with each match that they have and he can't win it. And so he turns heel. That alone, absolutely fine. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. I can't beat this guy. I'm getting really frustrated with myself. So I'm going to resort to underhanded tactics. Completely fine. But those underhanded tactics, Ash. Just uh, lies, he cheats, he steals, and he... uh... Steals, tries to steal his son back. Yeah. (laughs) This is the... This part is, though, it is absolutely balmy. Isn't it? Like... The idea that if it were to be true, obviously it's not, but if it were to be true and Dominic Mysterio really was Eddie's son, of course it makes complete sense for you to settle it in a wrestling match. Because let's face it, I mean, going to court's going to cost a lot of money. Yeah, that's Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Damn right. Timely reference at the minute. In a couple of years, probably not. Yeah. But, you know, why spend all that money when you can just have a ladder match Put the contracts in a briefcase and just see you can get it first, I guess. And then have, obviously obviously have the kid there watch it so he can see his fate with his own eyes. Yes. And the social worker be there too because, you know, she's got to make sure she's got to be there to witness it. True. You know, this is a legal transaction. <laughs> it's you make it sound like it's an actual purchase. It, well, it was, wasn't it? That's what it was for. It was to see who he was going to spend the rest of his life with. Daddy Eddie or Daddy Ray. It's just a silly way to laugh because you go, this kid looks like Ray Mysterio. Even even if you don't know what Ray Mysterio looks like without the mask on. Yeah. I think it, it it's weird, isn't it? Like you, there is no denying it. It deserves to be in the list of of weird rivalries. Mm. But again, they have really good matches, and the ladder match itself was good. Botchy but good. The Vicky thing was like. You know, that's that was removed actually. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised from the. Um, uh, I think from, even from the DVD releases, they kind of cut it down a bit more. I'm sure, I think I'm pretty sure. I know. I know you edited, heavily edited at yeah, least. Edited, edited to make it look like nothing went wrong. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, custody of a child hanging in the balance is up there with a leg on a pole. <laughs> but uh, we'll keep with the idea of theft. Go on. We'll keep the idea of theft. This one is another lesser known one, Ash. Um, and there's actually, to be fair, this happens a lot in pro wrestling, but the uh, I'll explain it as a broader thing. It's the theft of someone else's item. Not necessarily a, a, a wrestling figure, but a crown, for example. Or, say, their attire. Mm. Now, we see this a lot, and it's even been more... Relevant recently with AWC, Adam Cole, and uh, Red Dragon stealing the titles from the actual champions. Yeah, no, nothing really new in wrestling. No, it has happened a lot. a lot, but you steal the title belts. Sometimes King of the Rings stuff we saw with Shinsuke stealing the crown from Baron. Then winning it. And then actually winning it. But do you remember when Bret Hart had his ring jacket stolen, kayfabe stolen, not when he actually had his gear stolen? Uh, what, what year would that be? 93? This was mid-90s. I think I want to say 95. I'll um, have a look and see if I can find it. But This does sound like new generation, though. Oh, this is like the low point. So 
Yeah, 95. It was uh, Jean-Pierre Lafitte. Ah, PCO. Mm-hmm. Stole Bret Hart's ring jacket. That is what essentially kicked off a rivalry. Because he would keep, he just kept coming out in his ring jacket and Bret wasn't too happy about it. I wouldn't be happy. So they needed to have a match, which was, again, like, which is a, a trend with a lot of these on, the, on this list. Not all of them, but a lot of them. It was a good match. But the reason for fighting was that he stole his jacket and was wearing it. Okay. <laughs> That's it. You know, we're not talking about like Rey Mysterio, all the countless times he's had his mask taken off and people walking around with it. Like it matters, you know, he's got more. Maybe that's why now he has mask written on his mask. Yeah. So he knows not to lose I mean, it or where to put it on. They did it with Kane as well, but he had the one mask. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, I thought that was a funny little one to, to add in. Um, but that the idea of like stealing someone else's property as a whole is, yeah, is a big one of wrestling. But that was just one of the funny ones. Um, well, if we're going to talk about items, mm. we've got to talk about Moppy. We, yeah, all right. It depends where you're going to go with this one, then. I was thinking not just not just the fact that it was a mop that Perry Saturn was in love with, in very much in love with. I'm just thinking about when Raven stole Moppy, yeah. <laughs> put in a wood chipper that wasn't working properly, which is murder. Uh, it was a love of his life. He dumped Terry for that. I I I'd choose Terry personally uh, because she's a good manager. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, clearly you don't see a real woman, but you don't know a real woman when you see it. Um, mm. No, not in the minute. But um, I want to talk about yeah the wood chipper and the fact that it wasn't working properly, and then you should see Raven like kind of losing interest. Let me. All right. So just to clarify, for those who may not be aware, that Perry Saturn's moppy gimmick was brought about as a punishment because. I don't remember the guy's name. Uh, Mike Bell. Mike Bell, that was it. It was brought about as a punishment because on an episode of uh, Heat, which used to be the, the big boy English... Was it Heat or was it one of those like jacks or metal? Oh, do you know what? It might have been metal. It was, one of, it was one of those ones that I don't think we got, but it was one of those ones that was... Uh, I think you're right. I think it was metal. But you never got the arena on like, Smackdown games. No. But it was, it, was, it was one of those ones. It was one of the smaller sort of events they did. And... Uh, I, I, get, I, I can't remember what the full story was. I guess Mike Bell had stiffed him a few times and he was quite unsafe with him, I think, yeah, on a couple of occasions. Was, he dropped him on his head? He dropped him on his head, but it wasn't like the, the worst dropping on the head. I think it happened a couple of times though, didn't it? Yeah. So Perry Saturn got very visibly frustrated and, and just proceeded to kick the absolute crap out of Mike Bell. And I mean, he was, it, like, it was bad. Mm. That bit where he throws him out the ring, and then, and like then, head first. Yeah. You know, it went it went a bit too far. Um, so yeah, the story goes they were very upset with him. WWF officials very upset with him at the time, and so they lumbered him with the moppy gimmick, where he had to be in love with a mop and go around in those like you know, segments where he'd put hats on it and wigs on it and take it out on dates and whatever. Um, but to, so I can understand this right, that on its own and the fact that he left Terry. Runnels to be with Moppy when she gave him the ultimatum and then she ran off with Raven. That part of this rivalry, that wasn't what was weird for you. What no, was weird was the wood chipper didn't work. Yeah, because they're set up to a pay-per-view match. That moment, not... Let's, let's be honest, you find it weird because the, the, the machinery didn't work. Well, it is that because it's funny watching Raven. <laughs> and the fact that Raven's like doing a voice like... 
And then, and then all of a sudden, like this, this, the rich, this rich upper is like not working properly, and he's like looking around to go like whoever the person behind the camera was, and like the agent probably. And you're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to operate this thing. And he was just like, I'm surprised they trusted Raven with um, machinery, considering he almost turned off WrestleMania 17. Yeah. <laughs> No, that that definitely deserves to be on the list. That was a funny one. You want to stick with now? Now we're all in on WWF now and WWE. Well, I was going to say, is there any AEW ones you can think of? No, nah, probably will be. We'll probably come to it. I've, I've got. I'm going to do this one off the back of that. Uh, this one's not a good one, but if we're on the on the sort of topic of the girlfriend thing, you, we we can't not talk about Katie Vick. Oh, no, no, that's fair. It is horrendous, though, isn't it? It's it's so well known now at this point. I'm not going to sit on this one for ages, but it was yeah, Triple H and Kane. <laughs> well, we try not to. Yeah. Triple H and Kane uh, rivaling over at the time. So Triple H is the world title. It's it's that the yeah. reign of terror, as they call yeah. it. They just brought in the, the world heavyweight title. Yeah, so it wasn't long after. Kane is uh, just won the IC title, pretty much at this point. And this is mask Kane still, but like that half mask. Yeah, Pro- I would call proper mask. I liked that half mask. I liked that that look of Kane. Yeah, the the end of yeah, it was like the last few months of the Kane. Was that you know? Yeah, it was approaching it, wasn't it? So um, he's IC champ, and it's building up to a match at No Mercy two thousand two, and uh, it's a winner take all, which in itself is yeah, it could be a big deal. Yes, but we can't just you know we can't just do that, can we? You got to have a. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to have the rivalry, but the rivalry turned out to be. Triple H digging into Kane's past to torment him and play mind games on him. But instead of giving him May 19 and Luke Gallows, mm. he brought up about a fatal car accident, kayfabe, of course, but a fatal car accident uh, that he was in when he was driving a car and he killed his girlfriend, Katie Vick. This led to some pretty horrendous segments. Yes. Recorded backstage segments, didn't it? One that involved... Triple H dressing as Kane, pretending to visit her, um, whilst the dummy, like a, there was like a mannequin, wasn't it? Yes. Katie yes. Vick in a casket, and yeah, that one you could probably look into further uh, if you want to. Wouldn't advise it. I'll just say this: according to Bruce Pritchard, that was the only take. They were going to do two take, two versions. They only did one. Yeah. Um, do you know what retrospect? It probably didn't need to do any. No. Um, it was very distasteful. And I, I don't even want to make light of it because, like, you've got to laugh at just, like, the idea that somebody, and not even just one person, because this would have been a team, but somebody eventually, Vince, would have been like, yeah, let's do it. But the idea that a group of people even was like, oh, yeah, this is good TV. Such good shit. <laughs> <laughs> and presents say, that as a genuine thing to to air on TV is really bad. I want to say, because there was a time when Vince Russo was coming back in around 2002, but I don't think he had anything Was to this it. even, I mean, I don't even know if this was, this was worse than the, the worst Russo stuff. Can I just... And there's bad Russo stuff, but this was bad. I mean, this is literally Triple H dressing as Kane with this mannequin in a casket you know, and there's things of a sexual nature going on. Uh, it's, it's just not good. Two things about this that are kind of... The, the moment Katie Vick is revealed to be 
why they're about why that yeah why this is now going to be th- personal that, that moment happened after one of the greatest matches in Raw that TLC 2002 with yeah. K1 on his own as soon as that segment with the the moment after they show that segment because it's, it's Triple H presenting it backstage the moment he does that he laughs his head off does <laughs> what a joke yeah <laughs> Because <laughs> he kind of burps in the, into the. Uh... <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it goes in. It certainly goes in most ridiculous and cringeworthy. The fact that it was title v title when they won a concert on that. I know. That's that's what I mean, though. Like you know, you could have had anything if you wanted to make it more of a blood feud. You could have found literally anything else, but yeah. that's what they did. So, yeah. Right. What um... have you got? <laughs> Well, speaking of angles, let's talk about Urker Angle. The angle. When he wanted to have sex with Charmel. Bestiality sex, which means he wants to fuck an animal, not Charmel. Yeah. Didn't go down well, did it? Understandably. The, the good thing is, he lost that, that feud, so he basically he did get his... The heel gets the comeuppance. But yeah, this didn't really do much. It was just basically, I want to have sex with your wife. Really weird, yeah. I mean, this surpassed even the DDP thing. Mm. You know, that was very strange. And this isn't new. In, this wasn't early in Angle's career. This was like, what? 2005. Yeah. I mean, and been they, there, just like, brought, they just brought Sham in. <laughs> so bad. Well, she's now a Hall of Famer anyway, yeah. so maybe that... I, I imagine they probably left that out of her uh, highlight reel. More than likely. Yeah. They probably left out her WCW for Pretty sensible. Um... Okay, well, if you want to bring sex into it for realsies, slightly... Well, actually, I was going to say this was slightly uh, in better taste, but, yes, no, it's not. Um, (laughs) So, Tori Wilson. Oh, yes. Dawn Marie and Al Wilson. Now, was Al Wilson Tori's shoot dad? Yes. It was, right? Okay. So... This whole storyline starts with Dawn Marie. I, th- I can't remember if Dawn Marie and Tori Wilson were already feuding at this point. I think they were. I think they had some matches. And enter Al Wilson, Tori's dad. The long and short of it is that Al Wilson and um, Dawn Marie fall in love. Yeah. Tori's not happy about it because Dawn's a, you know, she's not a very nice lady and blah, blah, blah. They end up doing all these sexy things together and then they get married in their panties in the middle of the ring. I remember watching the episode of Smackdown. It's, it's a bit weird, isn't it? I don't, <laughs> know, I don't know if my mum or dad walked in when they, that happened. Ah. It made it worse. Because I'm, thir- <laughs> I'm 12 coming into 13 at that time. <laughs> they walk in and see an old man and some woman in their pants in a ring getting married. <laughs> I'm sure... Oh, that, I hope I, that happened. That's funny. I, I feel, it feels like a moment like that would have happened. It's hard not to, isn't it? I'm sure that happened to many of many people, but yeah, they get married in their, in their pants. Um, I think before, before no, it was before, even before the marriage though, because then it got even cringy, didn't it? So she's like basically she's becoming Tori's stepmom. Yes. Um, but then she kisses Tori. Yeah, this that saying happened. like, oh no, I, I like you as well. Yeah. So that's weird. But then yeah, so then the marriage happens, and then like what was it like a week I later? Think it was the next week, literally a week later. Dawn, they shoot this like uh, promo segment. I don't even know what you want to call it. Yeah, it's something. It certainly is something. They shoot the, the, the them in the hotel room, 
and she's trying to wake up Al Wilson and he's dead because he shagged too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what, what he's just said he is... shagged himself to death. <laughs> it's not funny, but it is though, isn't it? Because it's just ridiculous. I still can't get over it. And they have to, and then they have like another match because obviously, oh, uh, you know, you basically oh, killed my you, you, dad. You're not skipping the funeral, are you? Oh god! Oh, the funeral. So I, I'd seen some outtakes where they was like recording the thing where like, he's in the casket and stuff, and then he like keeps jumping out to like scare Tori or something like that. But apparently, my god! Apparently, that was going to happen. He was going to come back to life and say, "I'm disappointed in you, Tori." Wow. I just can't believe this was a real thing. And it makes it worse that the week before Tori Wilson was in the Hall of Fame, he actually died in real life. That's a shit. Yeah, bless him. I mean, fair play to him, you know, for going along with it. Well, fair play to to everybody involved going along with it. But it's not one of their finer moments for WWE. What didn't... Wasn't the... I don't know if it was a blow-off match, but wasn't the match, like, after, like, the kayfabe death, wasn't... That also at No Mercy 2002. That was no, they had a match at Rumble 03 because their reading was like the end of the that's year, it. Yeah, yeah. I think they did have a match at No Mercy, but I don't know if they. I might have confused it, but the whole thing is some merciless, merciless blur because it's terrible. Because it was built as the first ever stepdaughter versus stepmom match, and then that's it. Yeah, because uh, I, I watched all of that SmackDown 2003, and I barely mention it after I'm, I'm not gonna lie Ash I think if this was a competition at the moment for who's bringing the the worst of the table I mean so far I've I've hit you with a couple of heavy ones a plastic leg on a pole match and yeah. um, somebody who shagged themselves to death so their daughter's gonna take revenge on the stepmom I got a WCW one <laughs> wrestling I got, I got another WCW one which God, then. yeah we need to go back to them <laughs> Right, the reason why there was a multi-year, multi, what was it, a year feud between Hogan against uh, the Three Faces of Fear, later become, um, what were they called? The, uh, Tower, was it, not Tower of Doom. Is this Kevin Sullivan? Kevin Sullivan, yeah. Yeah, it's that, that cult, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The reason why Kevin Sullivan hated Hogan was because uh, Kevin Sullivan was, Cafe brother Dave Sullivan, who was called Evad because he was dyslexic, and that means that you can't spell your name. Sure, yeah. I mean, why why not just be dyslexic? Yeah, that, that's yeah. that's was because Hogan was Dave Sullivan's favorite wrestler, and they had a feud for like two years. This was mad, wasn't it? Because that whole faction was made like because there were some big names in there, wasn't it? They had that's what Big Show came in. Yeah, yeah. Because didn't this lead up to that monster truck match? Yes, where. Again, another kayfabe death, but it's all right because he came back he came out back, like, he came out like later in the night. Later. <laughs> because he fell in the either the riverside or the yeah, but he was at least he wasn't wet. Yeah. Thank goodness that water was dry, which that also was... led to the the, the yeti. <laughs> the yeti. But yeah, the fact that they, they had the feud for so long because <laughs> WCW man, I love it because it had what because oh. it's led to uncensored in the. Um, it culminated, it culminated at the um, and says in '96 where it was Hogan again and Macho Man against who was it like Kevin Sullivan, Zeus, 
Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, um, the guy who played Bane in Batman and Robin, or can't remember what his wrestling name was. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Lex Luger was involved. There's other people, but yeah, they had Earthquake as a shark. Oh, God. Was it yeah. Kamala there? Kamala was there for a bit. Um, you had... Um, it's, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? British Beefcake as Zodiac. <laughs> and the, and um, what a time! The Butcher, yeah. This what a group, time this group led to Star K ninety four main event being Hogan versus the Butcher. <laughs> All right, that's brought me to this actually. Go on. You want to speak about Butcher Blade? No, oh. I set you up the wrong thing. My bad. We're going to talk about butchering people's uh, pets. Okay. Yeah, it's because why not? I mean, we're here now, so we might as well go all in. The Big Boss Man versus Al Snow. This whole thing was... I mean, what was it? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't remember how it all started. I just remember the point of, obviously, Boss Man steals Al Snow's chihuahua, and he's basically holding it ransom. He's cutting them promos like about... Uh, holding it hostage and you know, yeah, I, I don't know. If, I can't remember if it was like he, he needs Al Snow, Al Snow to do something to get his dog back or whatever it was. But anyways, he's got the dog and whatever. And they meet in the ring. They call a truce, and then at a hotel room, Big Boss Man cooks Al Snow dinner, and then he discovers that the dinner he's eaten is his dog. Yeah, Pepper. So Pepper, that was it. Um. I mean, that on its own is harrowing, isn't it? And the f- it's also led to the kennel from hell. Yeah. So, you know, you can't just be mortified just from that alone. You then have to sit through the kennel from hell match, which really was from hell. Yeah. Can I Can I also mention another <laughs> boss man feud that happened that year? I... I think yeah, I know where you go with this. Big show. Yeah. Well, it has to be, doesn't it? The fact that this led up to a title match at Armageddon 99. This was the big match at Armageddon 99. It was for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. And it was, and what, three minute long match and it was terrible because you had more death. It basically, it basically was because Big Show's dad who already died in real life. Has actually, yeah, he'd actually passed away. But the, his cave, his kayfabe on TV dad had had died but hadn't died because Bossman said he had died yeah and to pull the prank on him and then that leads to the infamous footage now of seeing uh, Bossman rock up at the funeral attach the um, the rope to the the coffin yeah and then just drive off with it and then Big Show jumps onto it to somehow stop it from leaving. Yeah. I and mean, does that kind of like little roly poly. I yeah. mean it's just I wanna say I wanna say it's bad, but it still makes me laugh. It's equal parts funny because of how ridiculous it is, but also it obviously it's bad. But but it, again, I suppose in terms of like a reason to fight, yeah, I, I I get that, but it becomes so ridiculous and it's like the Al Snow thing. A reason to start is because you stole my dog. This yeah. is wrestling. Can I can I just say though the best moment of all time is that poem, that uh, the um, the card. Oh yeah! Because boss man's every line is so funny to me. I think, I still I I know, I know you probably should laugh, but it's I, the thing is though. I mean, you got we got to be realistic with it. Boss man was very good. Yeah, Ray Taylor was very very good at that heel 
character, like what Bossman morphed into at that point, he 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 was good. I mean, he was a good villain. Yes. It's just a shame that like he. The thing is, it'd have been a good movie villain. It's stuff that you would expect to see as part of like a big film. But for professional wrestling, he still did an absolute stellar job with stuff. But it's just, I feel like he was just handicapped with, I'm, you know, I'm the, 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 the overall kind of creative process. I also my favourite moment in that in that promo where he's doing the sympathy card is "Sure, it's me." <laughs> just the way he says it. <laughs> if I could, I would do the whole poem now, but I can't remember it. I can remember bits and pieces, but I want to get it. I want to do it perfectly. You want to just randomly just come out with it one day, no explanation. Yeah. All right. You asked for a AEW one. I've got one. The whole thing, actually. So, when Miro first debuted, mm-hmm. and he was introduced as the best man for Kip Sabian, um, but the initial kind of like rivalry that sort of first started was because the best friends broke his video game. Oh, yeah, I remember This was Miro. This was, Ru- like, Rusev. Big, bad Rusev coming in. Right? That's why, like, what, you know, that transition into the Redeemer and those vignettes he does and those promos he does as, as the Redeemer, Miro, they've been so much better. Mm. Like, they're so good. Again, not sure what's going on because it's just sort of gone. Well, I- It's just sort of disappeared and I don't really know what's happening with it. I've, I thought it was because he got injured, but he's been in, he'd been cleared for so long. Been cleared for a while, but also nothing now. No vignettes, no promos, no nothing. So I don't know what the plan is. But initially, I think it's probably safe to say now that the Miro debut was mishandled. Yeah, I mean... I, I guess the idea of it was that, you know, Miro himself is an avid gamer and he's a, he's a lover of games. He streams on Twitch, you know... It's that idea of, of injecting parts of yourself into the character that you now want to portray on TV so that it can become more realistic and true to life. You know, like when they say about you want your character to basically be just a dialed up version of you because that's the best like character you can portray because it's, it's real. Mm. So I get that, but it's not what we want to see from Miro because, you know, a big guy like Miro should be absolutely smashing everybody shouldn't have to be getting angry because a couple guys broke his video game. Like you're at school. Yeah. So that being the reason to then start fighting. Yeah. That was, that was a bit of a weird one for AW, right? Yeah. Um, there have been, I think of moments where like Eddie Guerrero and Tijeri when Tijeri, Tijeri. Yeah. When they were tag champions and they had their title defense against world's greatest tag team. And the reason why they lost the Wales Greatest Tag Team was because Eddie Guerrero was upset because um, Tajiri got thrown into the low rider that Eddie Guerrero had. Right, okay. And Eddie Guerrero was like, he didn't lose it, but he was like, he was more focused on the low rider than he was in the match. And they lost the tag titles and they slowed up to Eddie Guerrero's heel turn for about a couple of months. I mean, it's not, I know, I know it's not like a storyline itself, but Ed, but the reason why they lost was because he was so focused on his car that he did. Oh, wow. Because I, I, another one, another one like that, which was another stupid... No, it, wasn't, it didn't lead to anything, but Big Show and Mark Henry had an attack match, I think against the Shield on mm, Raw. Okay. I, but I know it's a tag match. I can't remember who it was against, but I want to say it was the Shield. 
and Big Show blind tagged in Mark Henry, and Mark Henry got upset because he blind tagged. <laughs> and and it, but then again, it could be. I'm not sure. It, it usually is the other way around, isn't it? Yeah. So it's a weird visual. But yeah, they they one turned heel on the other because they blind tagged. That's stupid. <laughs> I think I've got two more, but um, it depends if you've got one. That's going to be the same as one of these. I'm deliberately leaving one till last. I've got a TNA one, but it depends if you're... I don't know. What's your TNA one? Claire Lynch. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot about that. That was a weird uh, weird thing, wasn't it? Yes. So what happened there then? So the story began with... It was... Um, so it was Kazarian and Christopher Daniels were saying that AJ Styles was hanging on fair with Dixie Carter because there's footage of them... That uh, oh, both AJ and um, Dixie Carter had a mutual friend called Claire Lynch who was pregnant. I'm not sure if she was pregnant. Oh, yeah, she might have been pregnant, and, but she was an addict to, I want to say, like, um, crack or something like that. And, uh, yeah. It was. It just went really weird. And then it? they said... then, then photos of her in, like, bed with AJ. Because they said AJ that, and... that the baby was AJ's. Oh, Yeah. And then it led up to the fact that she wasn't pregnant because. But who then did AJ fight? Because who was behind it all? Well, what happened, the thing was, it it would lead up to because the, the person who played Claire Lynch was found out to be an actress, not a real, not a not a real person. <laughs> so she got she quit because the fans were being horrible to her on Twitter, and it turned out that she was never pregnant. And um, yeah, Xerian and Daniels were lying. It's quite similar to the. One you mentioned earlier, mm. isn't it the the Keebler one? With um, and yeah, it got dropped and I never talked about it again. Good, yeah, it's probably for the best. Don't think that was a highlight for anybody in anyone's career, but um, de- definitely one of the lower points of TNA. No, which is a shame, but it's, it's where they got to, wasn't it? But doing better now, at least not much better. Some of it is still well. I, this Impact still has some wacky kind of story. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to at least talk about one Impact because. I'm just going to bring in one. I mean, this fits in with the TNA stuff because it's where it all began. But with Broken Matt Hardy, yeah, and the overall sort of saga between him and brother Nero, Jeff Hardy. So, you know, at this point, both have been out of the company for some time. Um, this is also post Jeff's like initial TNA run that kind of went a bit awry because of the you know the drugs and the alcohol and everything that happened there and that infamous uh, main event with Sting. So, some time after that. Matt's morphed himself into the the broken Matt Hardy. It was funny, but it sort of it started off kind of serious, didn't it? But like a it, little bit, it sort of it eventually knew what it was. And I think Matt knew what it was, and it just be, it did become more funny. But and then I think it was something like I, I can't remember how Jeff actually came into it. I think he like does he he calls him out or something? And I think they were just feuding in general, and then all of a sudden he became broken Matt. So it's because, I can't remember if it was because he couldn't, like, get the win over him or something like that. I think he was. But yeah, it literally... But I mean, the thing is, though, as stupid as all of this was, and it really is stupid, it's still fun. I I found this to be a fun one. Like, this this gave a lot of funny moments. Overall, the whole Broken Matt stuff to Brother Nero, even when they'd kind of, like, come together. And we had the... I mean, the kangaroo stuff. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird, but it's, it's... It's funny, but it's like, I mean, it's just... You just don't like... You're just like, what am I watching? Um, you know, but so many quotes come from this as well. 
this this brought about the whole and that played into Jeff Hardy's band which I can't pronounce um, Parajan Y is that it? it sounds like it if you've nailed that and you can't say to Jerry but you've <laughs> nailed I'm impressed if you have um, but yeah he, he made obviously that was, was his theme song mm. but yeah obviously delete him delete Delete a wonderful, dilapidated boat. <laughs> that was very British, but you know what I mean. Well, so was the voice, really. It was mixed between King Booker, Bray Wyatt, and... It was, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I mean. It kind of it gave off those vibes, but it was so wacky that it just... It did work, but it was also very silly, so it needs to be on the list. Can I, it's can just I... a shame that that character didn't work. <clears throat> I think... It didn't work in WWE when they finally brought it around as Woken matches because it was a it was watered down. Mm. Um, and by the time we got to AEW, it was I mean he literally debuted on the first episode of like the pandemic era. Yeah, and I it think is. Broken Mat's quite difficult to do. Can I just mention in that setting without having uh, pre-taped stuff? Yeah, can I just mention another Matt and Jeff thing? Mm. Where my what about my dog? <laughs> The fact that all this personal stuff happened to Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy took the blame because he said he did it. Yeah. Well, it was a few things that come together, wasn't it? And they put the pyro... This was like the build-up to Mania 25. Yes. And then the, they did the fake pyro thing and, yeah, it was Matt that did it all along. Very strange. Go on then. What you got? I got another TNA, a very early TNA one. Okay. This didn't lead to a feud, but it's a, it's a, I would say it's a segment more than it is a, a feud. When they had Puppet the Midget Killer, I think his name was. Did, he's the same guy who has a fight with um, Wee Man in Jackass 3. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he, there's a segment where him and Jeff Jarrett are talking to each other and Puppet brings out a gun. <laughs> I don't remember that. It's like 2002. Oh my God. I don't think I've seen that, you know. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, he brings out a gun. Everyone's getting they... scared. <laughs> and Jeff Jarrett hits the guy with a chair and he, that's, that's it. <laughs> wow. Well, I was I left this one till last, but you know, another one might pop into my head, but it's the last one I've got. Um probably surprised listening to this if we you know, we didn't come to this already, but I mean Jericho Kane. Yeah. I I I, I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet. I know. But Jericho Kane. The um, wasn't that that's um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's name in, in the days. Is that yeah, Jericho Kane? Naturally, I think it's is he it Jericho Kane or Kane Jericho? Is his character's <laughs> name? Well, this was the infamous coffee spilling situation. Jericho bumps into Kane, spills coffee on him. Um, well, I hope it didn't burn you. <laughs> so, of course, Kane's backstory is that he was burned in the house fire. Da da da. One, one back, of his backstories. One of his many backstories, but uh, it brought back all these horrible memories, and so they have to have a fight. But then it it, it took another weird turn, didn't it? Because then it was like, no, it wasn't so much about the coffee. It was something to do with like, did you say it's just because Jericho? It was Jericho's face. Yeah, I don't like beautiful people. Really. Yeah, he's got a pretty face or something like that, wasn't it? You think this is so about I'm, I'm, coffee? <laughs> You think this is about coffee? <laughs> I'm gonna make you as ugly as me. It was something like that, it wasn't was it? Like, you know, the more people cheer for him, the more I hate him. 
Yeah, it's Jericho Kane, but Kane is a C. Oh, okay. Well, there's, there's your fun fact for the day. I've got one more fun fact, but we'll talk about it near the end. I think we are near the end. I feel, I, one more has popped into my head. Go on. Uh, Zeus. Yeah. And Hogan. Yeah, I, I, I can go for that. Zeus and Hogan. They made the movie No Holds Barred available now on Blu ray, DVD, and VHS. You can also find it on certain streaming platforms. Visit www.network.com. It's not even on WWE Network, is it? It should be. It should not. be. WWE Films should be on there, but they're not. Um, probably on Peacock, isn't it? I don't know because I don't know who, who was the studio that made it. Well, we don't know. We cannot confirm if it's on the cock, but um, Pat McAfee would like that. Um, <laughs> That's the film, but then it turned into an actual match. And that idea... So, to be fair, that's not just exclusive to Zeus and Hogan. Jericho and Mickey Rourke. Yeah. A rivalry that started out on that because he didn't like the portrayal of... uh, Mickey Rourke's portrayal in The Wrestler. And then they couldn't even have the match in the end because Mickey Rourke worked himself into a shoot. Yeah. (laughs) But you've got there's loads of stuff like that, isn't there? Even more recently, I guess, with Sammy Zayn and Johnny Knoxville. Again, it worked out brilliantly, and the match was fantastic. But it's the idea of like people being jealous of of someone being into in a film or trying to take something out of the film and into real life. We mentioned again, I think it was on episodes uh, two or three of Tier List, but the Brock Lesnar and Goldberg match when Goldberg returned. Was yeah. about Goldberg. I mean, it was it played into it, but it was Goldberg being in the video game, yeah, itself. Like first one, obviously since here, uh, or since Raw Two, whichever one come first, that or here comes. Or we'll just say Raw Two because it probably was. You know, it's when they bring things out of like that external universe. To be honest, I'm saying Hogan versus Zeus, but if I if if I do that as a very broad thing. Where you bring something out of like the the film or whatever you know, game and industry universe, and into into the wrestling angle, then I'd probably say suicide. The what? character suicide. I was going to say you're not talking about Tim Wright's story then. Oh my god, that was oh yeah, those things I did on WWE.com. Yeah, I, I watched them all and yeah. yeah. Oh wow, that doesn't that's not live to say. No, the character suicide was a, was the character that you play as in TNA wrestling game. Yeah, which you mentioned earlier and. They actually brought that character to, like, as a real character in TNA. Mm. Bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, very. Like, and who ended? Who did it end up being in the end? Because it, it, it was uh, a few people. Kazarian I think. was one. Chris O'Donnell was another one. TJP was one. I think. Yeah. I think there was a few. Was Amazing Red? Might have been, but I don't. I don't know. But yeah. Overall, the whole concept of those ones, but it's it's the Hogan and Zeus one came into my head first because it wasn't great. No, <laughs> that's just why. But yeah, right. What have you got? Last. This is going to be the last one. Last one. Okay. We've come a long way since Leg on a Pole. Yeah. <laughs> right. This this is not the reason why they feuded, but Austin Rock Free at Mania nineteen. Is your last one? You're gonna you're gonna throw Austin and Rock under the bus? Yeah. <laughs> The, the, why not? This wasn't like I said, it wasn't the reason why this happened, why they had their third match. But the promo after No Way Out 2003, one of the best rock promo, heel promos on Mon- Montreal, no, Toronto, oh, sorry. Yeah. 
Oh, some of them were good, but, but yeah, this, this one was good. But this one was good. The reason why he had a go, he wanted to match with Steve Austin, wasn't because um, oh, I've lost two many years in a row against you. Because on, and this is to build up to a, ma- a thing I'm definitely going to do one day. <laughs> on the 10th anniversary of Raw awards show, The Rock was upset <laughs> that Stone Cold was voted the rest of the decade, not The Rock. Uh, that's one of the reasons. That's they, how it. That's one of the. That, he said it in a promo. So basically, that's the reason that that became the reason why he wanted to match with Stone Cold. It did. It did morph into he's never beaten Austin. That's more. It, it did more, but it, the reason why he talked about Austin to begin with, to the begin catalyst with, for it was was because he was upset that the Rock Austin didn't win. Voted. Didn't, the Rock didn't get the fan vote for the Superstar Raw ten years. Stone Cold did. That's mad, isn't it? When you think about it. And this is one of the greatest promos of all time. So wow. yeah, that's my last one. That is, uh, I mean, there's a lot in there. About two the thing is, worth. we've probably touched like a fraction of just some of the biggest well-known ones, but there's going to be so many more that we haven't done and maybe oh, one day we'll do a part two. But um, for those listening, I mean, any that you think we've left out and any that you really think should be mentioned, um, you know, drop a comment. I'm sure this will be on YouTube as well. So just drop a comment below and let us know um, what you think, any any that we've missed, any that you think belong in, in such a list. Yeah, that's why we forgot Michael Colin Heidenreich, or we forgot... Oh, yeah. Do you know what? I think Katie Vick was enough for yeah. me one day. I did debate putting Snitsky in, but I thought <laughs> I thought that whole thing was just... I mean, again, it should be, shouldn't it, I guess, but, you know, distasteful and the reason for it, but it was just... I don't think it was necessarily, like, the reason, though, for the fighting, like, a lot of the time. I know no. it just sort of happened, some of it, didn't it? Like, the Heidenreich thing just sort of happened. Like it was just like, oh yeah, that's happened. I mean, if we did a thing about um, characters that almost were, not Hardmakers of Frozen Nazi. Oh god, yeah. There's still so many. I mean, even now thinking about this as we're signing off on it, I'm thinking of other things. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be loads, but any any that you think um, should be in there, you you pop those below. But um, yeah, I reckon that's probably a wrap for today. Yeah. My f- my one fact that I found out this week, it might not be true. You know that Best of Sting DVD or Blu-ray that came out was Sting. Is it same on the same one that's on network. It might be, but this is this is the DVD itself. Okay. On on the back cover, there's a photo of the NWO Sting, the fake Sting. No. Yes. Oh no, that's really embarrassing. I don't know if that's true. I, don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but apparently there's a photo of fake Sting on. You the- don't even know if it's true. This is false. News. <laughs> it maybe it is. I wouldn't surprise me. It sounds about. It sounds right. It sounds right. But yeah, that's my fact, or possibly fiction. Fact or fiction of the day you decide, folks. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. He's working, isn't he? Well, fact or fiction, and whatever you're going to look up, whatever you're going to watch, if you're going to go and watch Legs on a Pole or whatever you're going to do. Uh, we hope wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you're having a great day. Thank you again for listening to us. Yeah, if you're still awake. <laughs> yeah, watch it. In, listen, watch it. Listen to it in parts if you want. We won't judge. Ash, right here, right now. What's the topic? What are we going to cover next? I don't know. I don't know. Um, worst pay-per-views? Worst pay-per-views. What, specific to a, like a specific company or? Just in general. Oh, it's a big list. I mean, we do. Could do WCW 2000 in, in one go. 
WCW, you want to do an episode on WCW 2000? Well, we could talk about their pay-per-views or like the, the WCW title itself or... Well, I don't know. Um, I can't think of anything... Because we've done bad, we done injuries. <laughs> we've done bad injuries and we've done bad storylines. We've got to do something positive, right? Everybody, hope you're having a great day. As I say, I mean, everybody but Ashley um, after that because... We'll, fi- we'll figure it I'm out. Gonna, guess I'm going to sit through WCW 2000 then. So... Until then, <laughs> no, I'll do it. I'll, I'll subject myself to it, but I, I watched, just want you to know that I'll hate your guts. I watched Great American Bash two thousand. If you, if I can do it, you can watch it. Well, I, I don't want to. I tr- I tried watching Nitro two thousand. I got I got bored after three episodes. We like right. Well, we'll get through. We will get through this. The episode will drop. We don't know when, but it's coming. Two years time, we'll be bothered to do this. <laughs> Everybody, we'll catch you in the next one. Until then, it's me, Ash. And I am Russ. Uh, We talk about wrestling for way too long. Let's go to bed. Not together. Why not? Let's just not do an Al Wilson. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.